No, 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 Lee, how many of these are you going to object to? I thought I actually might have some agreement on this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Odyssey Geek. This is episode number 12, and today is a first. In the past, I've had one guest host on the show, but this time, there's gonna be two. And who might those two people be? I know I'm being really overdramatic here, but it is really awesome to have these people here. We have the host of the AIO Wiki podcast, Lee and Arista. Welcome, Lee. Welcome, Arista. Hey! Hi! Hey, thanks for having us on, Austin. So, Arista, this is your first time on the podcast, and Lee has been on here how many times? I think three. <laughs> yeah, a couple times now. <laughs> this is my very first time. Yeah, so it's about time we got you on here. I think this is your first time guest hosting any other podcast, Arista. It, it really is. I don't do podcast stuff very much besides AO Wiki. But yeah, this will be fun. Actually, Austin, I want to mention real quick, um, we are recording this on November 14th, which is about two weeks before November 29th, which is the release date of edition 30 the uh final episode of the ai wiki podcast so uh yeah we uh uh, i think this is a a surprise to you but we just we just wrapped up our show literally just the other day we finally we recorded the final edition of it yeah and uh i i don't know i I haven't sent it to you yet but sorry if this was a a shock to you man (laughs) it's a little bittersweet but yeah he's not responding wow (laughs) i was like uh I was pl- <laughs> I was planning on being surprised in this podcast, like uh, what we're going to be talking about, but I was not expecting that. That's really sad. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. it, and I'm it, laughing, but it's sad. We made it to the end. We got uh, we got some Mori, and we did a lot of Mori, mm-hmm. and we had done a lot of good stuff before then. And number thirty just seemed like a good place to stop. So, so yeah. So this is great, actually, being able to. Uh, do something after we've officially ended the show it's kind of surreal honestly being able to do something mm-hmm. and thinking oh this is gonna be my final time recording and then hey two days later being like oh we're gonna be recording something Yay. again it's really <laughs> weird for me but it's it's a nice feeling at the same time yeah so does this mean we'll finally get to hear the review of the long end oh <laughs> i'll probably release it on audio news at some time Wait, uh, really? but i don't i don't know in some form any i can release anything that i have recorded anytime i want to anywhere i want to and so in whatever capacity that thing can be released, it may be released at some point. That was such a <laughs> non-committal, like such a non-committal answer. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, you've listened to may- wait, you've listened to way too many Q and A's for from the producers of Odyssey. For real, I've listened honestly. to too many Q and A's from the producers of Endgame. That's why oh. they wouldn't commit to anything. Odyssey spoils way too much. It's anyway, a good sorry. Thing. It's enjoyable that they spoil so much. It's really nice. Yeah, like skins coming back. Really? For real? Okay. What? Okay, sure. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, we knew <laughs> that before they said it. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Right. Anyways. Yeah. So that was surprising. <laughs> yep. It's not often I'm surprised in the show, but that's the great thing about having guest hosts. Mm-hmm. So what we are going to be talking about today, we're going to be doing another top 10 list. Lee and I did one Ooh. back episode number three, I believe. Or episode number two. I think it's episode number three. I think it's episode I'll, number two. And all. Anyway, I'll put a link in it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a I'll put a link to the podcast later. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about our top ten least favorite 
episodes of Adventures in Odyssey. Which will be very hard for Arista, very, unfortunately. Very Just gonna oh. say. I'm very, I'm, I'm a very non-confrontational, non-like, I don't know, antagonistic person. So trying to find ten it. episodes is it. hard. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I feel like I'm insulting people. Ah, this will be fine though. Okay. Which means that you'll be the most positive member of this group, and you can, uh, to all of our other episodes, you can say, no, 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 that episode's great, <laughs> and things like that. Also, it's episode number three. I was wrong. Oh, okay, okay. Well, actually. You brought up a good point there, Arista. So just to be clear to everybody listening, this is not to be disparaging of the makers of Adventures in Odyssey. This is our subjective feelings about Odyssey episodes, why we didn't like them, why we don't think they work. We still love the show. We still love the writers on the show, the producers, all that. But I thought it would be fun to talk about our least favorite Odyssey episodes. It's very hard to... Well, it's hard for some people to find out what are the favorite episodes of Odyssey. But most people don't have much of a problem talking about their least favorite episodes. So we got three people that are going to be doing this, three different lists. So we'll see how much things overlap. And we'll see how shocking and surprising our lists are. Mm -hmm. So to make sure things don't get too negative, we will be talking about at least one thing about each of these episodes that we liked. I just want to say real quick, if I can, uh, the AIO wiki is down right now. So I was actually going through the Odyssey Scoop uh, list of episodes and seeing Jacob Isom's ratings of the episodes. And for about maybe seven or eight of these episodes on my list, his rating was two stars to four stars. So he's a lot more generous than I am. And he is, I guess, a more ex- he, obviously a more experienced Odyssey fan than I am. But in terms of... Uh, his ratings, there are fans that objectively do like these episodes. Just saying. So don't take ours as the, the be-all, end-all for the opinions of these episodes. Absolutely not. This We have our own opinions, and that should not in- affect you in any, in any way at all. So The views of Lee Asim and Arista Maxwell do not reflect those of Austin Peachy. Amen to that. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, that's awesome. All right, you two ready to start? Sure, let's go yeah. for it. Let's do it! So, Arista, since this is your first time on the podcast, would you go ahead and read your number 10 first? I would love to. And before I get started into my list, I just wanted to say this. I have some very, very dumb reasons for why I hate these episodes, and number (laughs) 10 is a key example of that. Seeing as it is, same old story. And I hate Yes! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Wow. <laughs> I hate it for one specific... Not hate it. I don't like it for one very specific reason. Because we had to review it, like, literally three or four times. <laughs> Two hours of And we didn't That'll get a final it. recording of the review, correct? Well, I'm never, I will never do this again. I don't know if I can listen to that episode <laughs> one more time. It's just... It, it, okay. The plot was okay, I guess. I don't know. I just was not that drawn into it, actually. It kind of felt like a filler plot. So... Having to listen to this over and over again and having to create some kind of educated opinion about it was mind-numbing. So this has just earned a place in the most hated episodes of all time. Not hated. Ah! I just don't like this Most disliked. Yes. Most disliked. That would be my number 10. Same old story. Is there one thing about the episode that you do like? Oh, man. I don't know. I can't think of something, and that's really bad. Um, It's been so long since I've heard this episode. I've kind of blanked it from my memory. I would say How about Broomball? Probably the voice acting was really good in it. I would say the voice acting was pretty solid. It was just, the rest of it was not. 
And also, I think we, during the review, we started to talk about the sound effects when they were playing yes. Broomball. Do you remember that? The sound effects were really, really good in this. I forgot about that, there actually. Yeah, sound design was pretty good. So, yeah, there you go. All right, Lee, what's your number 10? All right, my number 10 is episode 413, The Devil Made Me Do It. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. So I will say this episode tries really hard to be a good successor to Hidden in My Heart. And the writing to that effect is funny on some levels. But in the other sense, I believe the episode was a bit too insincere in some places. And for other parts of the episode, I really don't think the writing stuck well. I think that, yeah, especially in the first sketch, the dialogue often really lingered on a joke and hammered it. Like, mm-hmm. this is the parallel we're drawing to sin. And even though we're trying to impersonate game shows and TV shows, we want to make sure you you understand it. And other times it was kind of awkward, like the uh, the whole cigarette thing in the first scene. Uh, I thought, okay, okay, I, di- I didn't really need that. Um, and also during the Slimy Awards at the end, the third sketch, I didn't I had no idea what was going on at the end of it. I, I'm sure it was kind of funny, but I, and to the writer, I'm sure the writer understood what was going on, but I don't think it was portrayed very well to the audience. Um, and again, there are some there are some funny lines in this, but I think overall the the jokes just didn't work because I think it was trying to be a a successor to Hidden in My Heart, and also the music. Um, I guess the music's good. I just imagine all the music from that era as the same. So that's that's just me. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my number ten. Well, there you go. Not surprising. I've never. I never really disliked the episode. I don't really like it. I actually did not think about it when I was doing my list for this. But yeah, the first scene, even when I was in the kid, even when I was a kid, I wasn't a real big fan of this episode. I think it's I don't know. I mean, he almost it's almost like a dark comedy in some ways because it, again with like the demons at the beginning and at the end, kind of. It I don't know. It feels like I said that kind of insincere. But I think they I'm not sure if it's in the official guide somewhere they talk about this. It's almost a little bit kind of screw tape letters like but not quite <laughs> okay the opposite of the opposite i think of, of like if yeah. screw tape letters was extremely humorous i don't know i mean i kind of get it i kind of i kind of see that so lee would you say that um the bible network would be a better successor to hit him in my heart i love the bible network it's one of my favorites uh I don't know if it's on my top uh, 50 list, but I absolutely love the Bible Network. So yes, yes, that is on my, that, that is a worthy successor. All right. So my number 10 may be surprised to you all. That episode is One Bad Apple. What? Really? Uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, mm, uh. <laughs> oh, I love Reasons? <laughs> Reasons? Yeah, please explain this one. All right. So two... Well, it's kind of three things, but the main th- one thing is this episode was written to have Bernard in it. I think the official guy talks about this, and they added Kurt, which in some parts of the episode is okay, but in some parts it seems out of character for Kurt. So, like, the the line about, I think, about survey people coming to the door whenever he's taking a bath, that de- that sounds like something Bernard would say. But coming from Kurt, that does not sound like something that he would say. Ah, mm-hmm. I see. And also, when Wit and Tom start sneaking around um, Edgebiter, they bring Kurt along with them mm-hmm. at night. No Why, Wit? Why do you let a kid come with you and do this? Hmm. It's It just does not make sense, and it feels off. I mean, a lot of the lines could be said by Kurt, but the situations and that some of them are said are where the show takes them mm-hmm. does not seem like... 
good character um, continuity. I had okay. I had actually wondered about that when I heard the episode. Yeah, I was like, hold up. It just didn't make sense to me, but I figured it was just one of those things that was more acceptable back in the day. It would have passed, but yeah, that had always confused me. That makes sense now. I I never thought about that aspect. I'm, I'm hearing that a little bit more lately when I think about the episode, mm-hmm. but... Um, when I was younger, I thought, okay, Kurt is our tie into these characters. I can identify with him as I'm walking along with Tom. And so I think that that's a slight benefit to not having uh, Bernard there. Now, obviously, Bernard would have been better, and there are some inconsistencies, but I, I don't know that... Are there other reasons why this episode is your number 10? Yeah. Also, it feels a little bit too like a... It feels a bit too much like a PSA. It does. Like some of the writing, like for about, you know, oh, we should all recycle. We should all do our part to save the environment. And they do bring a little bit of a spiritual aspect to it later. But the way the lines were delivered and written, like Wit's, you know, last line of the episode is, um, this is the last world we have or the last plant we, the only plant we have. I don't know what will happen if we don't take care of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit too much like a PSA, like that you'd hear on a, you know, on a, Again, like a PSA, and it seems a little bit too on the nose on stuff. I think the moral of it could have been weaved in a little bit better without being too heavy-fisted. Okay. Or yeah. hand-fisted. I, I can see that. Um, the uh, the dialogue between the exec, or Mr. Ed- Jerry Edgebiter, and the three of them, and then uh, what Wit says as a sort of corollary, cor- uh, or whatever, to Mr. Edgebiter. Yeah, I can see how that could have been reworded a little bit. So I do like a lot of the lines that Kurt has that was written for Bernard. Um, probably my favorite is when he comes up to talk to Tom and the vet, and he was talking about he was trying to fish, and uh, he asked the doctor or the uh, vet there if he works on fish. He's like, oh, only the four-legged kind. And then Kurt is like, Kurt, and Kurt says, ah, oh, seahorses, huh? Oh. That's a that's a pretty funny line right there. Mm-hmm. You know, they only have four legs and wear a saddle. Oh, seahorses, eh? I can imagine Bernard saying that. Mm-hmm. It would make it would fit his character more. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Arista, what's your next one? Let's go. Let's see, number nine. Here we go. A Thanksgiving story. Now, no, oh, no, 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 no. I love the pushback <laughs> from this. Okay, I understand why this is your ninth. I fully understand why this is your ninth. This is also the exact reason why this is not on my list. <laughs> oh, ooh. Wait, 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 wait. So, why do you I am walking a is... very fine line with this episode. Tell me why you don't like it. Okay, I don't like this because I have... A... I don't quite like certain episodes where they just tell stories or retell stories, you know? Uh, this will actually show up in many of my lists. It's just retelling the same story, and it's just changing a little bit and adding funny voices. It did not seem very creative to me. It didn't seem like it had that much flow to it. The the songs were great. I highly Wait, enjoyed. Wait, hold songs, up, hold up, hold up. I just you like the songs, but you don't like the story. Yes. What story were they redoing? Um, what is the story? How the Grinch stole. Thank Christmas. you, thank you. I knew what like, they Christmas. are not doing. The Grinch. He doesn't have a change of heart at the end. He has what? sidekicks. They talk with the townsfolk. They have edicts that they read to the townsfolk. There are songs. There are mu- there are a bunch of songs. This is not anything like The Grinch. What are you talking about? It, it is. It's, it's a, parody, a tiny bit like The Grinch. A Dude, tiny. do you not understand parodies. The only aspect that's the same is that he's stealing things. That's it. That's the only thing. And therefore, and he has heartburn, not a change of heart. What are you talking a about? Parody. <laughs> it makes it a parody. And therefore, it's kind of annoying because it's just a spin off of something else. Now, I can respect a parody every once in a while. You know, like they just 
don't work as well in the Odyssey universe. I would much rather respect a, you know, an actual original story than this. While I like the setting, I like the music, I like all that, it just did, I, I don't know. I just did not like the story. It was just boring to me. <laughs> That's about the best reason. Suffice it to say, disagree. The one thing I didn't like about that episode was Connie's character. Oh, fair. I didn't like how, uh... She seemed out of character in that one. I didn't really appreciate how she was, like, you know, so off the walls, you know, upset on mm-hmm. stuff. And it didn't make sense. That's really the, the only gripe I have with the episode. I think it's 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 one of the best episodes, I think, and one of my probably top 50, top 100. Ooh. See, that was one thing that I did notice. The characters are overblown, where it seems like a very theatrical kind of performance. And that's good for some situations, especially for um, younger entertainment. But I just cannot vibe with that it just kind of annoys me so do you think it would be better if it was a different setting rather than them telling a story together like if it was a kids radio or btv episode Mm -mm. i think it would be better if if there's a way for them to like live it out in real life i've never been a big fan of just them telling stories on odyssey i feel like it kind of takes away from what odyssey is i'm guessing you haven't heard a simple reminder you know i haven't that's Shame. the problem that's the problem i'm working i'm getting through them i'm trying okay okay so wait wait before we move on before we move on lee why did you think what what did you think i was going to bring up with this the songs i thought you were gonna say odyssey can't do songs ah, odyssey musicals are terrible <laughs> and then you said you like the songs so what <laughs> no there's only one episode i don't like songs in. we'll get to that later continue and cat and balti and bones shh no spoilers <laughs> Uh, that's my guess, though, but I have a feeling that it probably is. Okay, Lee, what's your number nine? <laughs> my ninth is the same old story. Hey, there you go. Okay. So, overall, uh, we, I haven't released the review yet. I think the one of the only things I can say that's good about the episode... You're good? Uh, you good, bro? <laughs> uh, so, you did say sound design. I think that Ava Parker's acting was good. That is fair. I think that's it. I think it's the only thing good I can say about the episode. Overall, same old story follows three different uh, three different plot lines: the mold in the Parker house, the Parker kids living or, or staying with other uh, other people, whether it's Grandma Lucia or Wooten and Penny, and then them trying to save their family from the crisis. But those scenarios don't really connect with each other that much, and so it leaves me thinking: what point is the episode trying to make? It feels rather disconnected. And the final confrontation, which is the three Parker kids sneak up on their parents. It, with the eavesdropping scene, uh, that um, sort of plot device, where they're listening to their parents and their parents are laughing about uh, being alone and not having the kids to look after. The misunderstanding that then takes place, I know, is a misunderstanding. And so I'm not really empathizing with them when they're trying to figure out the solution. Uh, and also, there are some... there. Are a, there's a little bit with the sound design in certain scenes that I think I don't really think that was the best sound effect to use there. Little little bits here and there. Mainly the climax was the problem I had with it. Uh, but, again, I do like Ava Parker. I think she was good in the episode. And I think the other actors were doing what they were directed to do. I feel like it was too comedic. Too cartoony, hmm. if you know what I mean. Okay, then. That, I f- kind of forgot that um, there was the Wooten and Penny part in this episode, too. Such bad vibes off that. Exactly. Again, you blocked it out of your mind. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's, I just completely ignored it, man. So, All right, here we go. My number nine, I don't think this will be on any of your list. Oh, no. So, I'm interested to hear what you think of it. Number nine is Dobson Comes to Town. Yes! Let's go! Let's go! It's on my list. That's on my list. 
Uh, okay, wow, that's kind of a surprise. So for me, <laughs> why is that a surprise? Episode... I think it's unequivocally one of the lesser of the episodes. I did not even hear what it was. Which episode was it? Dobson comes to town. I don't think I've ever heard that. Continue. Yeah, you probably have it. It's a bonus feature on really? album thirteen. Yeah, definitely would not have heard that one. <laughs> wow. Okay, maybe I should be careful about what I say about it because I don't want Arissa to go into it thinking Dude, it's so go bad. For it. I already but it is. take this stuff with a grain of salt. Continue. <laughs> okay. Well, it is very much. It breaks the fourth wall, and it blurs the line between reality and Odyssey a little bit too much. I also don't like that it's kind of a commercial for the Odyssey animated videos. They play a clip from the video. And why is the little theater used for recording the lines for it when they have a kid's radio studio made for audio? That does not make sense. Correct. Correct. But I do like... Um, I do like that Melanie does have an episode all to herself without Robin, because Melanie is usually paired with Robin in most of the episodes she's been in, if not all of them, I think. Um, Lee can correct me if I'm wrong about this. Yeah, Wiki's down. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like that she has some time in the spotlight by herself, out of her her sister's Mm -hmm. shadow. So I do like that aspect of the episode. And it is kind of cool to have a real-life person in Odyssey and then kind of acknowledging that but the episode itself seems more like a non-canonical episode of odyssey i don't think it really deserves an episode number necessarily it's more like a live show or a truth chronicle kind of thing Hmm. yeah i agreed that is interesting so yeah arisa you gotta go listen to that now (laughs) i do (laughs) and at least we know that this isn't on your list hey there you go see you were right about that okay for number eight i did not have a specific episode but you guys, oh, you guys are going to hate me for this one. BTV as a whole. No. Yes. No, 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 no. I, Fact I, check. Mm-mm, false. Mm-mm. I only partially agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. How? No. <laughs> it's the format of the episodes. I think I just like stuff with a plot. Because BTV does not. It has a plot. Well, okay. No, it does not. No, it does not. Go ahead, Arista. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, BTV does not have a plot. It is just small stories meant to teach kids a lesson. It feels like those... Okay, they used... That's what Odyssey is! (laughs) I know, but it's different. Odyssey is kind of like this Christian soap opera thing where people, you know, live and you learn lessons through their lives. This feels like a Bible school lesson. This, it... I don't know, it doesn't feel like actual Odyssey. BTV always just seemed more boring to me. Some some of the episodes I've had to actually sit through and just tell myself, okay, it only has 10 more minutes, five more minutes, two more minutes. Because it's just, they seem repetitive and for a much younger audience. And they're great for a younger audience. But almost every single one, they just don't have a solid plot and don't make any difference in anybody's lives at, at the end of the day. So do you have a favorite sketch from one of the episodes that you actually did like? Uh, yes. Or a favorite line from one of them? I did. Count of the Monte Cristo. That yes. was one we reviewed on the podcast. That was my favorite You one. said you liked it. That was my. That was the one I was going to bring up, the Count of Monte Cristo sketch that they did. That was the only one that I can even like remember being good because the rest of them were very boring. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I like have ruined so many people's lives, but I just don't. I respectfully it. disagree with your <laughs> position. I have heard. I think I have heard that position before, Arista. So I don't think you're the only person. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry if it's antagonistic. I haven't heard you guys' review of BTV Trinity yet, <clears throat> Lee. <clears throat> <laughs> cough, but cough. 
Actually, Scott, he edited it for me, so thanks, Scott. I'm sorry. Whatever <laughs> excuses. But did you like how the episode had almost kind of a real story at the like throughout like the submarine stuff? Because I I know that was one part of the BTV episode that is different than the other BTV episodes. It has like a storyline with that character of I can't remember this the the woman that's Jacqueline Cusco or something. Oh yeah, just did that you one, like yeah. that part? No, <laughs> no, because it felt fake. <laughs> I it love felt that so part. Fake. I love BTV Trinity a lot. And there were okay, there were many problems with that episode, and we talked about this. Uh, no, no, there are no problems. There with are that so episode. many problems. The there are fun. some BTV episodes I don't really care for or don't think are as that funny. But mm-hmm. I will say, none of the BTV episodes are on my list. Good, good. Can't say the same for me. I just ended <laughs> all of their careers. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> So, Lee, why don't you tell us your number eight? My number eight is episode 442A, Two Roads. Ooh, wow. Explain. I'm pretty certain there's another certain split episode on your list further on, but I won't mention it yet. There probably is. So tell us about this one. Okay, okay. All right, well, Two Roads was one I heard when I was younger, and there is a, a big problem with the theology of this episode. For two reasons. One, because the episode is directed at younger listeners... The message has to be straightforward. Mm. But the message I got coming out of this episode is that you can be a Christian and still not go to heaven. Oh. Because the main character, uh, Simon, prays at a banquet. Even though he won't specifically say that he's a Christian later on. And so I thought, okay, well, only Christians can pray, right? And the episode did not clear that up for me. So I was left thinking, okay... So I have to confirm. Well, I mean, I can't say the episode specifically said that people who aren't a Christian can go to heaven. Uh, maybe it's just that people who look like they're Christians can still not go to heaven. But it didn't provide me with enough tools to be able to recognize, okay, how, how can you tell if somebody's a Christian or not? And I think that's the biggest problem with the episode. So Witt does say because he never accepted Christ near the end that he okay, okay. didn't. There was not a scene that specifically talked about him giving his life to Jesus at all, I think, in it. Okay, okay, I'll backpedal a little bit then. Then my my gripe with it when I was younger was more along the lines that he, that I guess he professed everything that you would need to be a Christian except Jesus Christ. Uh, I You had the good works element, you had the praying element, but then the more I walked away with was you have to be absolutely sure you're, you're a Christian. I don't know, I'm trying to figure out what, what my exact stance on, on this is. Um... You're you're making you're making me double think this. <laughs> do you think it's do you think it's too short? Do you think it should have been a, like a full fledged like the other Twilight Zone episodes, or do you think it's good the way it is? No, I don't. I don't think so. I I don't think it should exist at all, honestly, because I think that the the idea of the the scariness of it is not appropriate for the setting and for the moral. If you're going to do it again, like Arista was saying about BTV make uh or about what the story is about in a thanksgiving story make an actual story where we can see who the character is and have more character development in oh i guess you could do it in kids radio and make it so that we know this character is not going to heaven for this reason we can see that but you who have accepted christ even though you are praying and doing good works you are saved because of this reason we didn't get the other side to that in two roads we got even though you pray and do good works you might not go to go to heaven 
only if you're only if you're a Christian. Okay, so what does that look like if you're a Christian? Then how is that different? We didn't get the difference. We only got the two sides that did not go to heaven. If that makes sense. So you think that who's the real sheep should have been a shorty between this episode and the episode before it? I think that would have been helpful, right? Um, no, because who's the real sheep does that. Like there are certain people that talk about, you know, what what does it take to get to heaven? And it has different varying opinions on that. And then they have the real one at the end. Do you think that something like that might have been helpful to add? Or some aspect of that? Not really, because Who's the Real Sheep still only had the academic side of it. And only had the uh, the side of, if you uh, have professed Jesus as Lord, then that is salvation. And and the I'm, I'm, I'm really simplifying it here. But um, the, uh, the two roads did say that at the end. But we didn't, again, we didn't get to see a Christian walk out his life doing good works and professing Christ and praying and then go to heaven when he died. That's that's the thing. It left me when I was younger with a, a very uh, confused feeling of, wait, so what So what does this mean? And I didn't really get an explanation of, of you know, what praying and good works have to do with being a Christian. I only got, just be a Christian. That's what you need to make sure. Which, you know, it's, it's okay, but I... I just don't think it fit well, especially with the younger audience of the episode. That was a very long-winded explanation. I'm sorry if it's really confusing, but working out my thoughts on recording, I think, has, has kind of helped here. You sound like much more intellectual than us. <laughs> <laughs> so what about it would you like? Did you like? Um, Let me think. I like Phil. Phil Waller <laughs> when he plays uh, um, si- uh, Simon's dad. A chip off the old block. Oh, yeah. In, the, in that one scene. Uh, I thought that was funny, that little cameo, if I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Also, there's a, this is more like, oh, come on, like a, a cringy line, but uh, Simon's like, don't let the vending machines of your life get you down, be an overcomer. I thought, okay, okay, I see what you're playing there. <laughs> have you heard this episode, Arista? I have not yet, but I don't put this past <laughs> Odyssey at all. My goodness, <laughs> that sounds so much like Odyssey. Anyways. Well, I was listening to this episode recently, and as a kid, I didn't, I don't think it really confused me. It was a little bit of a, you know, of a darker episode of Odyssey. And it's the one I didn't listen to that much. But I realized listening to it, I think the last time I listened to it was maybe about, that might have been several months ago. But I kind of realized that I think, I think it's uh, Simon, seems an awful lot like Joel Olstein. I'm wondering if that was intentional <laughs> or not. Or if Joel Olstein was popular during that time. Because some of his theology kind of sounds like that when he's older. And Joel Osteen, remind me? He's he's the one, oh, like the posit- positive things about the Bible and doesn't really go into like salvation and that kind of stuff. Okay. It's very, it's very fluff. It's very, you know, you know, ear tickling gospel, basically. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Is he a preacher or does he count? Or the- I don't know where to classify him as because I know a lot of people like him, but he doesn't have very sound theology, honestly. No, not at all. Yeah, so you use discernment and figure out who You'll he is. You'll have exactly. to look him up. Who's the real sheep? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's the music from it. Okay. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what are you guys doing? All right, Austin, what's your number eight? So number eight is take every thought captive. No, 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 no. How dare you? How dare you? No, please go on with us. I'm enjoying this immensely. So I was interested in hearing this episode. I think it had so much potential Mm -hmm. and it did not follow through with it. 
at all, really. It had great potential for Valerie's character development, which every episode past this episode, Valerie has not changed a bit. There's no mention of it, not even a hint of it. So basically this episode is meaningless in her character arc. Also, it seems like it could have been longer, and it's a club episode. I know they could have made it longer. I can't remember how long it was. But it seemed like it could have been longer, and I think on one of the podcasts they mentioned that it, some parts were cut, and I think it would have been better with that. It seemed a little bit rushed. Um, also, the spiritual aspect of it, like the love of painting thing, was, I think for me, a bit odd. I felt that later on, like being her lost... I don't know how you would describe it. I know Wit talks about it later, like the stories that she heard was a, as a kid in Sunday school and the things that she learned, like did she believe those things? I think something like that would have been more um, emotionally compelling and a lot more spiritually deep with that because I think it's really interesting. Like was she a kid? Did she ever give her life to Christ? Did she, did she walk away from it? It doesn't explain it a whole lot and I wish they would have explained that and went in that a little bit more. Sam Sixer's writing, I do like, I think I like every single episode that he's written, except for this one. Really? But the sound design on this is really good. It is very good. I think it's very well done. But that's, a, and I like that they used the Inspiration Station. I'm glad they used it again and are able to do more creative things with it than like the Imagination Station or Consequence. But still, this episode could have been better. It's not, it's not as good as Walter's Flying Bus. <laughs> really? Oh, how dare you say Walter's Flying Bus is good? Oh, wow. <laughs> you had it on your underrated list. Lee I did. I did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, this is my favorite Sam Sixery episode and one of my favorite episodes of the show. So, um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I disagree with basically everything you said, <laughs> uh, except for the sound design. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, I think Valerie's character, uh, this is the correct development of Valerie's character, and it's a problem with. Um, what's it? Playing favorites that her character is not continued in this way. I also thought that love of painting was mysterious enough so that I wasn't fed all the information at once, and so I can piece together. Okay, so there are elements about Valerie's past we don't know about. Also, the the line from uh, Decker about there was a time or something when when you knew about some someone who wasn't uh, didn't just have the truth; he was the truth. I forget what exactly that was, uh, but that moment when she said that i thought wow okay so valerie does have this kind of a past and she has heard these truths before and the rest of it great yeah we could hear it maybe in a future episode but in the meantime we're left wondering what is her past and we're given a couple pieces that we can then extrapolate about what exactly she did learn and what exactly has she internalized and uh how much of christianity she does remember i thought that was a great twist at the end there um all that to say uh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna actually have to disagree with you on that one. I feel no, like, no. Yes, I'm doing it. I have to kind of agree with Austin on this. It felt like it was almost a cheap shot at giving her a backstory, because if they were never going to go back into detail about who she actually was and change her character based they on were. that, they are going to win. That's when? Marshall Younger's fault. He didn't. He didn't follow uh -huh. the character development correctly. It's not Sansic series. Sansic series brought Siri? Valerie back to the show in the first place. He wrote, he wrote Friend or Foe. You loved Valerie and Friend or Foe, right? Yes, but I'm saying for this specific <laughs> episode, if they're just going to bring up these random points and then they're not going to come into play again, which they haven't so far, that's, just saying. That's not, that's not this episode's fault. I'm not saying it. 
Okay, I'm done. But anyway. <laughs> You've struck a nerve with me. How oh, dare how you? how dare you get offended. I know, I know. By the end of this, we may not be friends anymore, right? <laughs> For real. <laughs> okay, so, Arista, what's number seven on your list? Here we go. Okay. Two brothers and Bernard. Okay. Oh. Okay, I kind of see this, but I don't. I also don't kind of see this. I kind of like this episode. Okay, and that's what I was going to bring up with this. There's a reason it's pretty low on the list, because objectively, it was a good episode. It was well-designed. I believe that the acting was done pretty well. I feel like the endings were rushed, um, because it was a two-parter. I'm right about that, right? It was a two-parter, correct? Yeah. Yeah. But when they had to transition from, oh, you know, at the end of this episode, oh, I have to go do something now, we'll reconvene later and finish the story... It felt like they only gave it about 30 seconds to wrap that up, and I feel like it should have been shushed a little bit longer. Oh, you mean at the end of part one? Yeah, like at the end of part one, and then uh, at the beginning of part two, when they began it again. I felt like there needed to be more connecting pieces. And because of that, hmm. once again, like uh, with BTV, it felt like just a story where I would have much rather it taken place and played out in the actual characters' lives. Interesting. Yes, interesting indeed. I can't say that it's an objective opinion, but at least it's a subjective opinion. There so you there you go. And there, here was one thing. I was <laughs> looking for this this entire time. I'm sorry. <laughs> for shame, sir. <laughs> we talk all the time about episodes we do, we disagree on, so don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> Anyways, what I was looking for, though, is something. Have you ever heard of your story? hour uh, yes i'm Thank a big you. fan of it i grew up listening to it same I, li- I used to listen to it when i was little but it really okay your story hour is basically a it's a radio show that goes through history it's family friendly radio dramas based on bible historical heroes and true to life adventures all that fun stuff that's what this episode felt like it felt like an episode of your story hour rather than an episode of odyssey and i kind of expected more from odyssey than this hmm Interesting. Interesting. So, like, Bernard and Joseph and Bernard and Esther, you think those are better written than this one? Or you think it, I don't know, the aspect of the storytelling was off, or...? I believe that I actually felt the same way about those episodes. Objectively, the episodes are really well written, they're well performed, the sound design is great on them, it's just, I don't like this kind of episode. That's why all of my- You don't like the wraparound. Exactly. I just don't like when they're just telling a story on Odyssey rather than actually living it out in the characters' lives. Because it just feels more like a Bible story than an actual character. So what did you like about it? The acting, like I said, was very good. The story writing was very good. Um, I can't remember. There's one specific part of it. Oh, the banter between characters. I guess it would just be a writing thing, but I highly enjoyed listening to that. I just don't like this episode overall, but the story writing and acting was very amazing. Wow, I don't know good English. This is actually probably my least favorite Bernard and episode. Yes. I think Bernard and Job is kind of similar. I, I know this episode, when I listen to Two Brothers and Bernard, is probably the least listened to of those stories. And I do remember last time I heard it, I, I don't know. Something just felt a little bit off and I couldn't quite place it. But it does have a music cue from one of the best episodes of Odyssey ever, An Adventure in Bethany. Really? They uh-huh. use it, I think, underneath... This it's in the second part, I think, when they're meeting Esau or before they're meeting Esau or something. Hmm. But that's pretty random. Yeah. Hey, there you well, go. Well, I mean, though. good flashbacks for you at least. Yeah. Okay, Lee, what's your number seven? Here we go. Uh, my number seven is Dobson comes to town. Um, same <laughs> reasons as you for the most part. I did like the interactions between Connie and Eugene. I thought those were great. Uh, and uh, Doctor Dobson. 
uh, the jokes about like Eugene mentions. I think Eugene mentions a Dobson fly or Dobson fish or something like that. It's it's oh. uh, <laughs> funny. It's something I quote often. But uh, other than that, again, as somebody who has explored Odyssey continuity and time and uh, time travel in Odyssey uh, quite a bit, this episode is weird uh, on multiple levels. This is one of the few episodes that I'm actually embarrassed to listen to because of the clip from the Night Travelers. That does not make sense in an audio drama context because it just doesn't make sense. That's all I can say about it. It doesn't make sense unless you have the video to go along with it. And even so, the video does not make sense either. So <laughs> that's those are my thoughts. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. I mentioned what I like, mentioned what I didn't like. I do think that I'm glad they didn't do this more often. Yeah. Like they do have some people like, you know, parodies of that person. Jim Daly. Right. Well, they had. Jim well, yeah, Daly that was a little bit different. Show. He had a cameo, yeah. but like actually appearing as themselves. Okay. Okay. Because I think in some shows, like Odyssey or I'm trying to think, not not Dangerly Blaine. It's another odd drama. Yeah, I think it's it might be it might be the original Jonathan Park series. Um, I think when you have a real person in it, it draws you out of that world, and also you know, like Doctor Dobson, he did leave focus on the family. You know, when you have a real person in it, then Basically, you're tied to that person. Yeah. yeah, you're dating the episode. And the story does not work. And also, if you don't know that person, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Like, fair. as a kid, I didn't really know who Dr. Dobson was. I mean, I heard his name. I might have heard some of the Focus on the Family broadcasts. So I mentioned heard his name mentioned on occasion, like on an Odyssey broadcast or something like that, or heard people talking about him. But it sounds like it's more of a Easter egg or whatever for adults rather than kids in this mm. episode. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Jonathan Park real quick. Uh, was there a part in there where there was a uh, an interview with a creation scientist or something like that? There is a three-part episode called Destination Moon. And they actually do have real people from that were on the, you know, Apollo 11 or Apollo 13 or from the team or whatever. Those are kind of cool. But when they have it outside of a historical context, it doesn't really work. Like someone like for modern day, because they're attached to a certain company or famous for something, I don't think it works. Well, what I mean, the specific question I'm asking is, was there ever a creation scientist that might have been a real person in Jonathan Park? A specifically creation scientist? Yeah, I think so. I think in the first volume. Because he's on the faculty here at Liberty. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I was going I with that. I think it's a uh, disaster at Brennan Bluff, I think. it's. I think okay. somebody calls Kendall Park about being on the radio show or something like that. Um, I think that was it, but it's not made as a big deal. Okay. It. It's like, oh, this person, this person is here in our world. It's more natural. His name is uh, Dr. Baumgartner in, um, in, yes. in, in yes. real life. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That yeah. sounds familiar. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, that's, yep. That's pretty cool. So I think we talked about this episode enough. <laughs> <laughs> and enough that Arista probably won't want to hear it, but you should still listen to it as, you know, so you can hear every Odyssey episode. I really do want to hear it. Actually, no, you guys have made me more curious and wanting to hear it. So my number seven is Fences. Really? Yep, I, I get why. I understand. I'd be so close to putting that on my list. So close. This was on my, um, this was on my runners up. Yeah, I, I talked about this um with Lee a little bit when we reviewed Millstones. Fences... It makes sense overall, mostly, to how Connie was then, but it does not feel, it does not feel like, it feels very out of character for Connie. And I know, I think in the official guide it talks about that, the writer for the show, that Kaylee came to that person and said, don't mess with Connie or something like that. Marshall. Yeah. 
And and he was new on the show. Like, I don't, I know that's difficult, you know, to write for characters you don't, you haven't really written much before. Connie is very unlikable. And she's had her dad announce, I think in Father's Day, that uh, he was marrying someone else. And I think in this one, either he's marrying someone else again. I can't remember. I, it's been a while since I've heard this episode. Oh, he's not going to be there. Yeah, like he was okay. supposed to come and then he dipped out and then he hadn't come for a long time and was out of communication. This is the one time he says, oh, I have another meeting and can't come. Uh, Katie actually brought this up at SonicCon and Marshall was in the audience and Marshall was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. He has gotten better. We did talk about how we did like how he wrote Connie and car trains and motorcycles. Correct. But but this it just seems so out of character for Connie. It feels so unlike her and she's so unlikable in this. She really is. Yeah. You should be able to sympathize with the character more. Like even if they're behaving badly or not how you want it to, you still want to sympathize in some way with him. But I don't really sympathize with Connie with this. She is so mean to everybody. And she also, in her Bible study, was going off the rails about how men are dirt and all that stuff. And making impressionable kids be mean to other men or other boys. That is just not right. And I know wit does come down pretty hard on her. But I do like the aspect, the moral kind of theme brought out with the fence around the neighbor's yard. I like that, I like those conversations. That was a good part of the episode, I think. But her reactions throughout to everybody else was not good. That's why it's on my list. You know Katie had the same reaction as she did for Fences to Millstones? Really? Oh. Okay, I huh. feel a lot better about my yes. feelings now. I asked I asked her. I went up I went up to her in person. I said, hey, I was just wondering what you thought of Millstones. She's like, yeah, I, I didn't really like it. It's understandable, yeah. Yeah, this was on on the record and yeah. stuff, but yeah, anyway. So, actually, I wanted to mention that uh, you had brought it up because you didn't like how Connie was portrayed in that, which totally makes sense. While it does feel out of character for her, to go as far as to say, you know, oh, I feel like we need a character that we should be able to relate to, I kind of like that aspect of the episode, actually, that she did become this kind of hateful character. Because in I, real life, I see that a bit even too, yeah. people that you are friends with, you never know how they're going to react with something like this, so... When they are, you know, antagonistic towards something or they are hurt or angry about something, it's like a turnoff for you. It's like, hold up, this this is not who you are usually. This is weird. So I like that they brought that out in Odyssey and something felt visibly off. It didn't feel like, oh, this is an okay reaction. No, you could clearly tell this is an overreaction or I wouldn't call it an overreaction, but I like the real feel of that. It was, I don't know, that I almost considered that a nice part of it. Okay. <laughs> I felt like the fences part didn't make any sense to it. And it goes both ways. That's what I'm saying. Like, both sides of it are absolutely plausible. But I just like taking it from that point of view, too. Okay. All right, Arista, what's number six on your list? Here we go. Woo, here we go. Okay. Um, so I, it was actually a toss-up between two things. I was going to say all of Kids Radio, but I'm not doing that. Because Don't you exceptions. dare. Look, <laughs> I look, said, you. I'm not going to do it. Come I'm on. What do you have against stories? You can't just say, oh, I don't like it because it's a story. Tell us why you don't like it. I can it. All right, absolutely go on, go on. say that. It's her opinion. It's, <laughs> it's her opinion. subjective. <laughs> Anyways, but I changed that. And now I'm going to say probably A is for attitude. Um, Ooh, I'm getting some iffy responses. I can see that. No, I can't see that. What's up with that, Arista? There was one very specific reason that I didn't like this episode. So, Connie's whole thing that she was stuck on is having a positive mental attitude, which I love that idea, and I've, I have been, like, such a supporter of that for years. I'm like, positive oh, mental okay. attitude, PMA, 
it's a really, really good thing. But at the end of the oh. episode, it feels like Wit is denouncing that. It's like, no, you shouldn't. He's saying in the end, it's like, oh, that shouldn't be everything that matters. I see. But I believe it's such a huge part of everything. Like, you really need a positive mental attitude if you want to do something. It's the duns- It's the castles and cauldrons thing where they went to the other extreme and said, don't do the extreme. And exactly. Then, and didn't really touch on the middle part, the middle ground. Exactly. They mentioned the middle ground. They briefly brought it up. But you're left thinking, oh, do, do you not want, need to have a positive mental attitude at all? Mm-hmm. What's the point here? Absolutely, yeah. And one thing I really like to say is <laughs> only a Sith deals in absolutes. It's one of my favorite <laughs> terms. To do or do not. There is no try. Well, kind of. But I'm saying you can't be Yoda's all one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but you can't be all one side or all the other. There's like most people fall into that gray area. And I believe that's one of the best places to be. Right. To completely denounce something is just wrong. I'm like... There are some things, like murdering people because you want their wife. Like, let's say that. That's bad. You don't do that. But with every single thing, most every single thing, there is always this. It Don't do this. But in this case, you know, it all everything always depends on the situation. And I feel like this just ignored the middle ground. of We're saying this is okay to have a mental positive mental attitude. You just shouldn't make that the only thing. Did, did Witt say that, Austin? I... It's been quite a while since I've heard this episode. Same, yeah. I don't think he said that specifically. That was more me talking. I don't know, because it felt really over-dramatized at the end, too. Especially where it's like, because she said one thing about them having a positive attitude, one kid would end up in a life-threatening situation. That drove me up the wall. Uh, I would say probably... You like the title? <laughs> the title? No. Okay, Um, I would say probably the best part of it was Katie Lee's acting. Because she really sounded, she just sounded happy and sounded like she actually believed. She was like, yes, you need a positive attitude. I was like, yes, I love the hype. This, again, I think I have an issue with this. I know this was a little bit older than Fences. It feels like it's an episode that would have been closer to when Connie first became a Christian or yeah. before she became a Christian. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It feels like it, her character developed so much from that from that point that this feels a little bit out of place with it. Like she's still naive, still learning how to be a Christian. Like what is acceptable, what's wrong, what's right, and all that fun stuff. That does would very much make sense with her character at that point. Yeah, and I think I again, it's been a long time since I've heard this episode. Did it talk much about like joy, like over happiness? No, not that I can remember. Because that seemed like it would have been better. Because you know, being positive will only get you so far. You can't. When you have joy, which, okay, I, okay, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say my speech for this because there's an episode coming up that I will be talking about this subject. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this. I'm actually pretty curious. Okay, so Lee, your turn. Ah, okay. My number six is episode eight eighty five. Further from the truth. What? For What's real? what? We reviewed okay. this episode. We yeah. reviewed it know, on like, the podcast. I didn't think that that would actually end up on the list. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And if I don't really feel like being overly negative on this episode, and I think I'm going to be if I mm-hmm. rehash it. So if you want to go here, self plug here, I'm sorry. If you want to go hear what I had to think about this and what Arista had to think about it, go listen to AIO Wiki podcast number 24, where we discuss it. It'll be on AIOWiki.com. Um, but one thing I liked about it, um, let's, let me think. Do, do you remember what I liked about this one, Arista? I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I think you like the sound design, didn't you? I don't, I don't think I like the sound recording. design. <laughs> like the clock chiming. That and... was cool. I don't know if I liked it though. I'm trying to remember what what I got in the in the rubric for it. Like what what the eventual rubric rating was. You like the last scene? Did you like? I think you like the last scene with Maury and Susie, didn't you? 
unfortunately that my opinion on that has now changed because no 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 i like that that. okay i mean all right all right yes i do like the last scene so are you taking the episode like by itself yes Yes, i'm taking it by itself i am taking it on its own merit you you called me out thank you for doing that yes (laughs) i do like the last scene of further from the truth that is correct Hmm. well there you go okay Okay. Despite the fact it didn't it didn't give us any new information except that Suzu was the villain. Um, spoiler alert! By this time, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's been out for a while now. It's not a spoiler anymore. It aired recently, a month ago, I think. Right? Oh. By the time this comes out, it'll be even longer. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's not spoiler yeah. range technically. So yeah, number six is further from the truth. Okay. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. All right. So number six is happy hunting. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Oh. What was that one about? What was that one about? So it's the episode where Penny wants to try to be happy. Mm -hmm. Oh. Find the secret to happiness. This was a runner up Ah, for me. Okay. Okay. So this, this ties into what we're talking about with uh, A is for attitude. Mm -hmm. I think other people have had this thought too. Wit doesn't stop Penny. He doesn't do more to stop her from hurting herself and for having all these things happen. He talks later on like... Like she said, like, why didn't you tell me this before? Like, well, 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 you have listened, but it doesn't even say, like, Wit didn't even try much. It also feels like a repeat of the story Happy Smilers, and also, even more recently, Childish Things. It didn't feel real original. Mm-hmm. I know Penny's a, new- a new-ish character at this time, but it already seems like we've done this with Childish Things. Childish Things is much a better episode. And she's already talking about the episode, you know, wants to be less naive, less of a child. In this episode, she's totally those both of those things. And also, too, because we didn't have this until later, when I first heard this episode, I was wondering, is she a Christian? Because it's not really ever mentioned, and it's not even mentioned before this. She goes to, like, you know, okay, maybe she doesn't agree with conspiracy to a certain extent, but then you had that whole, you know, flaky thing with Dr. Trask mm-hmm. and oh, his that, yeah. spirituality or whatever. So it's... It seems like, you know, she should know, if she is a Christian, that happiness is fleeting. It's not something you're going to have all the time. Joy, which I don't even think Whit even talks about joy except in, like, quick passing. Because joy lasts longer. It's not a mental state, necessarily. It's something, it's a peace that you have. Even if you're in the most sad in depressing times, you can still have joy. Happiness is not going to help you when you have a loved one die or you lose your job or something like that. Happiness is not going to help you with that. If you go and, like, eat, you know, your favorite food for a little while or, you know, like, you listen to your favorite music or something like that, that's fleeting. And I don't think this episode talks enough about that happiness is not something Christians should be looking for. It talks, they talk about, you know, God wants us to be happy. Well, God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to have good things. He wants us to have a good relationship with them. But he is he does not want us to be happy all the time. If we were, we would not be relying on him. If things were always so good, we would not rely on him. That's where joy comes in. I know I'm really going on with there, but it really, and again, with talking about A, for, A is for attitude, I think that if there's more focus on that, that episode and this episode would have been better. Now, can I ask this real quick? Yeah. So, what would you guys define as the difference between happiness and joy? Uh, easy. Count it all joy. What a great episode that talks about joy. So, um... Okay, not in episodes that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> so, happiness <laughs> is an emotion. Joy is a state. 
uh, or joy is a, a mindset. Um, that's kind of the A is for attitude thing. Or like joy that comes from God is something that will not change regardless of our circumstances. Um, Aristotle or Plato, I think, described happiness as the uh, what your environment imposes on you or what other people impose upon you. If you have successes, then you're happy. Uh, there was one philosopher who actually said that you can be happy after your death if you're buried well or something like that. But um, joy is contentedness and it's a fruit of the spirit it's a result of jesus christ and the holy spirit indwelling us and so when we are joyful we have hope we know that god is in control and we can look to him for comfort and it's what gets it's what got um martyrs or uh, people who are tortured for their faith through their trials Mm -hmm. and it's what it's what Jesus Christ had when he sacrificed himself when, because he had joy of what was coming for him uh, after his resurrection. He was not happy, but he was joyful mm-hmm. and he, he dealt with his pain joyfully. And that is uh, something that we can emulate. Mm. So would you say that it would be okay to be happy, but just as long as you have the joy yes. with it? Yep, absolutely. Gotcha. Even if you don't have joy with it, if you're not joyful, but you are happy, uh, I don't know. I would say you, it'd be better to be joyful, but being happy seems to be inert to me. I feel like they're interchangeable. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's really, really hard to have that joy, especially. Wow. We got really deep on this podcast. Yay. This is what happens when you bring two people on. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think it's it's been a really good discussion so far. Oh, yeah. I and mean, we're only halfway through. It's been really fun, honestly. So the positive thing I do like about this episode, it's one of the funniest and one of the funniest reactions from Wu Wu-Ang. Where did your eyes go? Find your eyes! the salmon. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is so funny. And it's like, oh, find your eyes! Like, it's funny. And it's kind of funny also, too, that they kind of bring it up later in Home Again. Mm-hmm. And also in... Also, I like the scene where Connie's going through the refrigerator and they keep... Oh, it's this thing. No, yeah. this is actually this kind of food. Ooh. It's a funny running joke, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. I like Jacques-Henri, too. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He is. I like his character. Okay, so number five, Arista. What's yours? Ooh, number five. Oh, this one. Okay. This one, I have a very specific reason for not liking it. Per um, usual. Exactly. This one actually has some, like, solid ground, though. Okay. Because um, you'll hear Oh, on solid ground? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm very glad I did not choke my water right there. <laughs> Y'all. Okay. The episode is The Curse. Uh, Disagree flat mm. out completely, but go ahead. Well, this one, I don't know how well y'all are going to take my opinion on this, but... No, no, I understand what your opinion is, but you can go ahead and say it. Okay. Yeah, the one thing that's stopping me... One... Actually, I thought that the story was pretty funny, honestly, and I like the idea of them, you know, being like, oh no, there's going to be something that happens with what's in. I like that idea. It was really cool. The one thing that I just... The the one thing that messes up this episode for me is the fact that it is kind of culturally insensitive and very stereotyped towards Native Americans and, you know... And while it is a comedian that is portraying a Native American, but he's just... Some of, his, some of the things he says is in very, very poor taste in today's day and age, and it it wasn't good back then. It isn't good now. But just, I don't know, portraying an Indian, quote-unquote, I don't know, it, just, it felt very wrong, honestly. It just felt very stereotyped. I felt like they could have been more sensitive with that. They could have, you know, actually used correct termings. I've actually tried to fix uh, stuff about this on the wiki, you know, where they talk about the Indians land. I'm like, no, call them Native Americans. They're not Indians, but... All right, yeah, I see. I honestly do disagree. Maybe I'll discuss why I do it at a later time. And this would probably be a a better discussion for us to have 
uh, either off mic or maybe on mic in another recording, or recording Arista. But yeah, okay. I understand why you have that problem. This is one episode I was like, I was debating whether or not to bring it up, but I had to. If we're going over like least favorite episodes, I'm like, this one definitely ranks up there. Even if it is a bit uncomfortable to talk about, I feel like it should at least be listed. All right. All right. Well, I do think, because I know there are Native Americans that aren't, you know, they don't really care what they're called. And some people, you know, are just, you know, people aren't defined by their their race or their culture. Everybody's a human being. So I don't think it's that big of an issue mm-hmm. um, with this episode. And also, like, I think it talks about, like, people did, even back then, I think people did think it was, you know, derogatory. But again, because it was somebody playing it up, for radio especially, you have to do something to let them know, okay, this is a little bit different. If it was a visual medium, it might have been a little bit different, I think. Mm. But since it's audio, you have to explain a little bit. You got to have it faster where, okay, this person is like this. So I know it's maybe a stereotype. I think you could still portray it without doing the overblown stereotypes. It would, it wouldn't be too hard, but yeah. But again, it is a person pretending to be that. Now, if it was an actual Native American, we've had episodes like Arizona Sunrise and some other stuff that are better. Yeah. For Native Americans, they are written better. But this specific episode, it's made to be, you know, it is a little bit overdramatic. It is a little bit comedic. But the thing is, it's not a real Native American. It is a person pretending to be that. This is a con artist. I completely understand. If you keep that in perspective, it's not as... It's not as big of an issue, I think, but I again, com- that's yeah. my opinion. I completely understand where both of you are coming from, uh, and uh, suffice it to say, um, uh, Arista and Austin, there really is not a consensus on the issue. So um, it, this is why I'm not getting into the conversation here, because um, there are people who would disagree with the core of your criticism, Arista. I might be one of them. Austin obviously is another. So that's partic- that particular criticism isn't something that's widely accepted for the community for the two people that i'm in this call with right now it would not be a very accepted criticism but it all depends on the community that you're portraying for sides of it well yeah but but in in the political world today I, i'm thinking there are people on the right who would also disagree with your perspective and a lot of people on the left who would agree with what you're saying and exactly. then people on either side who would cross the line do you, you know what i mean Yes, and my opinion is probably formulated for a different side than your guys's. Right, right, and that makes sense. We understand why. Just uh, understand yeah. <laughs> that we will push back for other reasons, such as um, some, I, I don't know, I don't want to say political reasons, but it's just that there is not a consensus. So um, so make sure you're not saying, well, I mean, it's, it's quite obvious that this is a problem. I mean, I, a lot of people do that in debates today, and I, I'm not saying you're doing that, but is that okay? <laughs> Okay. Well, everybody has their different opinions here. Like, right. the reasons why we're talking about these episodes is there's things in that, that we don't like that yeah, exactly. could have been done better, and people are going to have different opinions on it. So I don't think any of these episodes people may have problems with, some may have no problems with, but I think I think we can agree that, you know, this is all subjective to our feelings of the episodes. Right. I, don't, I don't think it's any of these things are, you know, world-shattering, uh-huh. mind-blowing problems. Um, but again, these are the nitpicks, the big nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Wow, we went from really deep to uh, really divisive really quickly. <laughs> that I was like, I know that this one's going to split it, but yeah. All right. Anyway, it's fine. There's no hard feelings from on any of these things, even if you dislike uh, Thanksgiving story. 
<laughs> and I do disagree with Lee on quite a bit of stuff too. So okay. It's not like, well, exactly. Yeah, I believe we all disagree with each other on various things. But yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay. Did we go over number five yet? It is number five. My number five is episode 433B, Chain Reaction. Oh, oh that hurts. It hurts? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your opinion hurts me. Good, it, should. It's, it should not be heard. I'm kidding. The moral of Chain Reaction. Chris says it at the end of the episode. She says, I wonder if David realizes that he's the reason the water park is not coming to Odyssey. That's wrong. It is not David's fault. David is responsible for what is immediately in front of him, the responsibility he is given, which is to mow Bernard Walton's lawn. The reason the water park is not in Odyssey is because Harlow Doyle is is incompetent and a moron in that episode in in handcuffing the guy to his car or handcuffing him to himself. I I, I forget which one. The point being that if the episode is trying to portray a moral in the chain reaction, then it did not do it well because... I don't believe David got really any comeuppance for not mowing the lawn. And the little consequence that he did get is not something I believe is theologically sound at all. Albeit there are a lot of funny lines in the episode in certain areas. I think the pacing is good, and I think the music is good. I think that the episode at its core, though, is flawed in the um, the uh, the basis for it. I like the idea of a chain reaction. I want to see that kind of episode again. I don't know if we've had too many of those. Just not with the moral that you, at the beginning, caused this. You're responsible for that. Does that make sense? Kind of, but again, you're basing that all on the wrap-up, because I guess we can all agree that there are wrap-ups that do not follow very well with the actual episode, where the episode itself is great. And I think this is one of those situations. I I ah. do agree that it should have been okay. said... Okay, what's the moral then? So it would be... How you, what you do can uh, affect others. No person is an island kind of thing. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I, I don't agree. I don't agree that David was responsible for the end. I mean, that's the thing, that you you affect others. You don't <laughs> know how it's going to affect. I'm not saying it's the total reason for it. Um, Have you guys heard uh, the Jungle Jam episode, Cheetah Bonita Go Solo? I have not heard any Jungle Jam, unfortunately. No, I have not. Okay, well, I was trying to... I was trying to um, channel some rocket the skunk there because he has kind of <laughs> speech about you know what you do affects others it's very much so because basically chibonita wants to go she's part of these they're actual animals the uh the cheetah sister she wants to do her own part they're uh, sisters they're three-part harmony she leaves and she does her own thing and everybody else starts following her wanting their own thing things break up you know basically everything in the jungle is a is chaotic and it comes and she did this well, everybody else followed in her footsteps. Now, I don't think, again, I don't think that the wrap-up should, I think the wrap-up could have been better if they had framed it a little bit different. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily, like, if she had said, well, David wasn't necessarily totally responsible for it, there were some things that if he had differently might have changed things. But the moral should be more of what you do can affect things in ways that you may never know that you may not ever realize it may not actually necessarily have a big or small part, but everything we do does affect others. We may not ever see it. We may not, we not, we're not totally at fault for something or at fault at all, but still we do, our actions do have consequences, even though they may not be apparent. I, 
I don't know if I can't communicate that as well as I would like, but I think that would have made the wrap up a little bit better. Do you mind if I discuss time travel? Oh boy. Only if you can rewind oh. in 30 minutes. So I, I'm assuming <laughs> we, <laughs> we all, um, uh, we've all heard Iliad house at this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the one quote from Iliad house, I think is very interesting is when, um, they explain to Jesse or where, uh, what's her name? Cassandra and Stu explain to Jesse that just because he was the person in that timeline that allowed the assassination of Abraham Lincoln to take place does not mean that he was always responsible for that. John Wilkes Booth would have hired somebody else to uh, distract while he assassinated Lincoln in an alternate timeline. So I believe that Harlow Doyle always handcuffed the guy no matter what David did. If David mowed the lawn in time, if David didn't mow the lawn in time, Harlow would still have caused the disruption. So I don't believe David can be held to that long of a chain. I think David can be held responsible for Barnard's house being broken into and to a natural extent to the people at the hotel not having their service because Bernard wasn't able to uh, fix it. Those are direct consequences. But Harlow is disconnected. And I believe Harlow, although he was influenced by setting his alarm incorrectly and by staying up, I think that he would have still done what he did had David mowed the lawn because Harlow probably would have done that at some point. It's a theory, and we don't know how the future holds in theories of time travel. It's very unpredictable. But again, David is only responsible for what's immediately ahead of him, not what other people then do in reaction to what he did, and then what other people do in reaction to what other people did in reaction to what he did. So the chain is just way too long, I think, if that makes sense. I get what you're saying. I just think Jungle Jam might be a slightly different example here. Well, I, I I can see that. But again, I think I, I think okay. I think it, I think it right. still is. It's a very I think it's a very funny episode, a very creative and unique episode. But the wrap up again does not work, like you said. Okay, so moving on, my number five is all things to all people. No, 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 really? no, 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 no. Lee, how many of these are you going to object to? <laughs> I thought I actually might have some agreement on this one. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Anyways. <laughs> So, I think this is probably Aubrey's worst episode that she's in. (laughs) It's not the character, it's the writing on this one. This episode one, I think the pairing of Aubrey and Liz is, seems a little bit out of left field. It feels, because we haven't had a really interaction between the two except for um, Blind Girl's Bluff, and that was not a good situation with that. So, I think... I think Aubrey, this episode could have been better without Liz. I know there's a little bit more back and forth with this, but I think Aubrey might have been better on her own. But I just don't think, I don't know, maybe it's odd seeing them together as friends for some reason. Also, it feels, again, like a repeat of Aubrey's bathrobe, which was only like one album before this. And I think that is a better episode than this, even though I don't consider that episode to be a real good one either. Um, It also, I don't know, there's some funny moments, but it doesn't really... They try for a lot more humor, and it doesn't seem to really be that funny. But I will say, even though I don't really... Seth is not a character in it that you really are rooting for, that you don't really like. I did like his inclusion in the series. He's a very different character than other characters. Okay. But I do like... The, my The thing I do like about this episode a lot is the scene with Seth's mother. The way Aubrey talks to her... And even though it's only the second episode for both of them, for both uh, Seth and his mother, I really like that scene. That's probably the best scene in it. And 
it shows, you know, what witnessing can be, what it really should be, is being honest with people about your faith and your experience with it and sharing honestly with people about that with basically all the rest of it is very you know very uh it's very can be very deceptive and very you know unethical in some cases or just you know plain weird but that scene i think does make up i think for some of the earlier earlier parts of it well the earlier parts of it i think they're portraying it as don't do this right yeah it it is but it still doesn't I don't know. It, it does give the, the episode though. itself just feels off to me. I, I understand what you're saying here. I'm just not fully tracking. I get why you don't like it for the specific reasons, um, but I like it for those same reasons, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I right. think okay. Lee and I might have the most devi- uh, dis- uh, divisive opinions. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. I'm giving you all a run for your money, though. Uh huh. All right. So, Arista. What's number four on your list? My number four. This should come as no surprise to anybody, but Castles and Cauldrons. Okay. Yeah, I believe that we all figured that that one would end up on the list. Okay. Yeah, for the same reasons that uh, I brought up Ace for Attitude. They did not present the other side of the equation. Agreed. They're very quick to preach that, um, oh, RPGs are bad. You know, for for those who don't know, RPG means role-playing game. Roleplay games are bad. They shouldn't ever be done. These they're demonic and horrible. And only thing is, Wit does Wit does say he does have a forbidden quote where he says some games are good, some but it's games. nestled within the rest of the narrative that this main game we're talking about is bad. I can understand exactly. where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh, some games are good." He said it in the same way, like, "Oh yeah, you can go play imaginary with your dolls," but this, however, it's just like, Wit, no, no, not all roleplay. Here's my hot take. Not all roleplay games are bad. There you go. It all depends on how you play it and what the rules of the game originally are. This game, an episode, was not good because they were doing sacrifices or whatever they did. It was really weird. Clear. It's very clear this game isn't. Yeah, but I would go as exactly. far as to say as I need to actually play it for myself. I think I need to play Dungeons & Dragons to see you how do, the game is played it. and to understand is it moral, ethical, either one wrong is it, what what are the actual aspects of the game uh, and so, as someone who sorry as someone who has played it before i can honestly say it completely depends on who is playing it and what the rules are beforehand that's what you i can hear play a lot it of the time. to yeah. however you want right and i would say the way that i've played it it's been totally fine and it's a really really fun game to just play imaginary with your friends it felt like a little bit of a straw man like it's very clear it that this game isn't good and so this game is going to be our um, our cautionary tale, but show. that doesn't yeah. really apply to Dungeons and Dragons Mm-mm. because the elements of Castles and Cauldrons are so much different from it. I really I are. understand where you're coming from again. Yes. So I know you have a lot of negative negative feelings toward it, but do you have any positive ones? Um, what was Jenny's cousin? Uh, what was um... Len? Okay, so Len, I liked him. I liked him. I don't know why. I just liked. <laughs> Which his is funny because you're not supposed Nathan to like Carlson him. Carlson is awesome. Oh, is that Nathan Carlson? It's oh, because it's Richard. Because it's... Just because of Nathan Carlson. Just because of my hyper-obsession with that actor. Yeah, that's probably the whole reason, but I just liked his character. It was fun. Well, I don't think there is a character of Nathan Carlson's that I dislike. I think he's a, he's a great actor. I don't think I've ever heard anybody that disliked any of his characters yeah. I know of. He's, just, he's a really good actor. I just enjoy it. He does good, some good acting in there. Even though he's playing a little bit older kid, and usually his voice for kids are a little more cartoonish, I think it works to a certain mm-hmm. extent in this, but you know, I do, I do love Nancy Carlson's acting. 
Okay, so, Lee, what's number four on your list? My number four is episode 410, BTV Forgiveness. Haha, <laughs> yes, a BTV episode. Mm, I kind of agree with you, but continue. So, BTV Forgiveness is written by Tori Martin, and I don't want to be too, ta- too down on the writers for their specific writing styles, but I know how they write. I know how Tori Martin writes, and there are certain episodes of his that I really do like. Uh, for instance, I think Welcoming Wooten is pretty good, as well as um, Nothing But the Half-Truth. Both of those are good. BTV Forgiveness, I don't believe, was written well, unfortunately. I need to say that, because there are a lot of lines that do not play off well in the script of audio drama. I'm specifically thinking of uh, Little Red Riding Hood stood up and walked around the room when Bernard says that. It doesn't fit well within the rest of the dialogue to have Bernard say that and to have the different... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to pinpoint this. Maybe if I become a writer myself, I can critique the writing more specifically. But the music is all reused. The pacing doesn't exactly make sense. A lot of the skits don't entirely make sense either. I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that I I like from it. I need to go back and listen to it again. But um, I think a part that I did like was the little sketch of, what was it, the the guy or the boy who kept pulling the, the girl's hair? Oh yeah, the seventy times seven things. Yeah, that was kind of it was it was a little bit. It's funny. Mandy and some other kid. I don't know who that is. It well, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It Mandy, wasn't Mandy, but it's it was another name, but it was Ari Curzon. Right, right. And I do agree. I it's not my least favorite episode. I don't know. It may be my least favorite. Maybe my least favorite BTV possibly. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I I it just feels something off about it, and also. Most BTV episodes, if they make me laugh, and I think they're really funny, I usually like them. But for some reason, BTV Forgiveness does not seem to be very funny. It's very, it's a very a calm, mellow kind of humor. It's not, you know, the kind of humor like you would get in, um, uh, like BTV Grace or BTV, um, Idolatry or those kind of episodes. Revenge. Yeah, BTV Revenge, like that. Right, and that's because it's Tori Martin. Again, Tori Martin has a very specific subset of humor. I know exactly how he's going to write his jokes, and I know every <laughs> time he makes a joke, it's going to come across this way. It's not going to stick the landing. Every time he makes a joke, it doesn't stick the landing. It, it, his writing is more in terms of how, I guess, more the style of his writing itself is supposed to be funny. Not necessarily the jokes in it. I, don't, I just don't think that fits well with audio drama in the beginning. Now, he has refined that a lot in his future writings, and it works for Clubhouse Magazine. I'll say that. Tori Martin is a great Clubhouse writer. He's a great book writer, from what I understand, too. It doesn't work for audio drama. I, 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 I think that is my point here. Okay. So he's a book writer, but not a script writer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could be a script writer. Again, nothing but the half-truth is great. I like that. I like that. I think he did a good job with that one. And again, there's not a consensus on this either. I don't like a lot of his writing, but there are a lot of people who are huge Tory Martin fans. All right. So my number four, and I'm assuming that Lee is probably surprised I haven't mentioned this already yet. All right. Here we go. But it is For the Birds. Really? Um. Uh, mm. Okay, can't say I, I like this one, but yeah. Okay, I understand. I understand. Do go into detail. I want to hear this one. Wooten. Wooten, right? No. Wooten's actually pretty good in this one. But <laughs> but you wrote the Arrows of Wooten article. That's I the know, whole reason I why know. the Arrows of Wooten exists. Because of this episode. Well then. <laughs> okay, go ahead. My opinions do change. I, I'm going more on the episode. It's specifically on this one, not necessarily overarching. Okay. So... 
part of the reason I have with this, part of the problem I have with this is kind of like the reasons you had for like same old story okay. mm-hmm. is the theme and moral swap. There's so many, many morals in this that it's not consistent. So there's, again, the responsibility, oh, you're not responsible enough. We have all these pets that have died and I want to be responsible. She tries to be responsible. And then they go into this kind of, you know, also about talk about curses with this. Like, oh, there's no such thing as a curse. And they have a little spend a lot of time on on that with it. And then also you have later, you know, you know, God knows what's best okay. about what's happening okay. and all that. And then also the wrap up with Chris, you know, it talks about, you know, about the verse about, you know, not one sparrow falls from falls to the ground without God knowing. Yeah, it's a great verse, but it doesn't really fit very much with this episode. I thought it was supposed to be a responsibility. Was it about curses? Was it about God knowing what's best? It's so all over the place. It's not consistent with it. Good point. Good point. Yep, I see what you mean. This episode also ties into probably my least favorite artwork for an Odyssey album, which is album 51. That is not a good uh-uh. artwork for Odyssey really? to be using on an uh-uh. art, on an album. Nah. 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 Wait, hold up. I gotta look this up now. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. That's the art critic of the room. I need to see this. And also, with bird sitting, like, making the employees out there, like, watch the bird while she's at school, that's, like, again, that's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Um, And it doesn't seem like Wit would do that type of thing or make everybody do that. Like, it's, it is, it's significant to Camilla, but I just don't see Wit and Connie Eugene doing all that because, you know, how long... You know, how long, I can't remember, it's like several weeks or a month or something like that until they're able to, like, fly and live on their own or something. Mm-hmm. Like, really, does Wit really intend to expect to be able to take care of that bird all that time when he has a business to run? But I will say, the scene with David and Camilla is a very good scene. It's a very well-written scene, and the acting is excellent in that one. Yeah. This episode does feel like one that was geared specifically toward kids without um most episodes do pretty well at being for both younger kids and older kids and adults mm-hmm. uh, i guess all three but i feel like this one was more heavy in the the kid department in terms of oh, hey it's a cute bird oh hey chris's moral at the end is about birds hey we're gonna have the people at which end watch the birds isn't that great yeah that's that's good and all but not realistic absolutely yeah all right so here we go guys we're on our top, top three, three. Let's do it. All right, Arista, what's number three? Absolute banger right from the start, which I was going to bring up earlier, but I didn't. Hidden in my heart. No, Ooh. no, no. <laughs> I make wow. you suffer now. False. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. No. Just stay in there. Okay, Arista, continue. <laughs> um, well, this basically goes into the whole reasoning that I had before. It is boring. You don't just, understand. Let her I'm sorry, speak, man. I'm sorry, I know. No, 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 no. I love the banter. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as the more he interrupts, the more I can build off of it. So it works fine for me. Um, okay. <laughs> this was the one episode that I had to sit there and be like, okay, I really just need to finish this episode. I actually like considered during it. I'm like, well, do I really have to listen to every single Odyssey episode? I'm like, no, we're going to finish this episode. So it's just, it all it, I guess it just seemed very childish at the end. But it didn't felt it didn't feel like it flowed well at the end. I was just confused. I still have no idea what they were trying to point out at that point. It just felt very elementary, very overdone, very boring dumb stories that were all compiled <laughs> together for uh some kind of cheap meaning. Yeah, that that's about how I felt about it. I don't know why that made top three, but it did. 
So do you know what you like? Have about you heard it? of Star oh, Trek before? Yes, I've heard of Star Trek. That was it was just so cringy. Well, I told you I don't like parodies. It's the parodies, man. It's just. Uh, I don't, I don't they... understand how you can dislike an entire genre. Uh, I just can. I don't get people it. People don't like romance movies. I don't movies. understand. So I just go. don't understand. Think positively, people. I like that episode. I can't think positively. <laughs> you, know, you know what I liked about it? You know what I liked? Like the artwork of the album. No, I didn't even like that. Oh, what did I like about Come this Come on. Episode? I gotta find one thing. I can't think of anything. What about the music? I was... The music, I don't think, was done by John Campbell. It was like the music? Like, you think it was a different style from John Campbell? Did you think it was better or worse without him? Not that I really remember. <laughs> no, I like the fact that they brought in Star Trek to it. I like the fact that they used modern culture. That, that, but you, you didn't like that they used a parody. I, I didn't like how they did it. But I okay. <laughs> like okay. that they tried. Okay. I'm so okay. sorry. Nah. <laughs> You're just dying over there. and it's Yes, it's, I am. It's, it's wonderful. Anyways, there you go. There's my <laughs> opinion. Why did that one make top three? I will say, like, most kids probably wouldn't understand a lot of the parodies for exactly. it. And there's some funny stuff in it. I think, like, the Star Trek uh, sketch on the at the end is probably what most people remember. And it's probably the funniest. And I think kids can find that a lot funnier than probably the first two sketches. Mm-hmm. And I think the last sketch is a little bit better written. And it is longer, kind of like the Bible Network, with, like, the last sketch being the longest with that, the Bible boot camp thing. When you have more time to focus on something, and if you have something good to work with, it does work better when you have more time with it, I think. I guess so, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Lee, number three. Yes, I'm excited to hear yours. All right. Top three. These three would probably be obvious to people who know me really well. Number three is Bethany's Flood. Absolutely. Ooh. I figured that would I'm kind of surprised it's not higher. I know, right? So the top two, I'm actually thinking about swapping them. <laughs> About making my number two my number one. I'm thinking about it right now. But Bethany's Flood um, is pretty obviously understood by a lot of the fan community, except for Arista over here. She likes it. Um, It's enjoyable. It's stupid, but enjoyable. uh, The point is that I read this review somewhere, and I agree with it. I think it's on the uh, the Odyssey Scoop somewhere. It seemed like they were making fun of the Bible story. And I agree in the respect that the story does not do the story of Noah's Flood justice in terms of the morals of what Noah was going through and his uh, trusting and obeying God. But the parallel being drawn of trusting and obeying God versus trusting and obeying your parents, again, I don't think was strong enough. And again, uh, Bethany is not letting it go at the end of the episode where she says, do you think uh, that God will let me have a dog or a cat if I trust and obey? That's the wrong ideology. That's that's the wrong mindset you're, you're supposed to have. That's not what Noah believed in. And also, they got blown up at the end. They did. That was enjoyable. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's basically what happened. I they, love it. They, they, everybody, the whole ship sank. Isn't that what I'm supposed to interpret the end of the episode to be? I never really and thought much about that. Like, so they somehow got so out terrifying. of it. They never explained that. Uh-oh. That is a good point. I really like the seven deadly dwarves, however. <laughs> I forgot about and that. And the morals that are presented in that one, because there's a slew of moral, 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 moral. And after, when I was younger and I, I listened to that one, then I stopped the, the tape after listening. I thought, or, yeah, I had a tape. Or a CD. I think it was a CD. After I stopped listening, I thought... Wait a minute, there were like seven different morals in that. Let me go back and listen to that. And I was able to pick out, okay, so there's that, there's that, there's that. So while it was a funny story, they were still able to weave everything in. Bethany's Flood is the one-track mind of trust and obey, and that's it. In the meantime, we're going to take this Bible story and also reword scripture. Connie is constantly saying Genesis 8, such and such, revised. I think, no, don't do that. Don't revise scripture. Why do you think that's a good idea? That's um, Those are just my thoughts in general, and if you want to hear the rest of that, 
go hack my computer and listen to the recording that Arista and I did of the <laughs> I forgot you never the, released the that, that recording. They needed, they needed scripture phasers. They did. Yes. yes, I will agree there. I need a mashup of Hidden in My Heart and Bethany's Flood. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Oh my. So what would you, what'd you like about it, though? I like the sound design. Sound design is good on the episode. And uh, the music's okay. I, I think it might be a little bit overblown, but in general, the the sound pretty pretty much told mm. me what was going on. Without the sound design, you would have been completely lost in that episode. <laughs> Ooh, a silent radio drama. That sounds innovative. Yay. <laughs> I want to try that now just to say we did. <laughs> That's a quote from Red Holler. In, yeah, uh, he says that. <laughs> the uh, Lone Ball Man. episode. Which really, I, I wish I put that on my underrated list. I really wish I would have. Yep, it is. It really is underrated. All right, so number three, and again, I think this might surprise Lee on this Ooh, because of my past oh, oh no. opinions. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Is number three is when you're right, you're right. Oh boy. Okay, I understand why this is on the list. I disagree with you, but I understand. So I will say now, my opinion of Emily's character has changed because her character has changed. <laughs> It's not that I dislike this episode solely because of Emily, although that is a good portion of it. Emily, I think, is probably at her pushiest in this and kind of mean. And also, she feels disrespectful to her dad. I know she talks about, you know, being honest with with him and all that, and they had a discussion later. But, like, you know, when he talks about something that, like, I think said, like, are you going to serve this at church? And they said, there should be rules about that. Like, what was that? Like, oh, nothing. (laughs) Like that's oh, that a joke. it's left that was there. <laughs> it is it is a joke, but again, when she talks about later, oh, about being honest and all that, and up up front, well, she wasn't with them, and it was kind of disrespectful. And she kind of gets she is pushy throughout the whole thing, and like she goes after something. But I think that is propped up a little bit too much. Um, she ha she is kind of humble humble a little bit, but I think it could have been better. I. The way she's portrayed in this episode isn't her best okay. episode. I think Square One is worse, but yeah. That yeah, I can I can see that yeah. But I think that has better. Mo- I don't wouldn't say better. I think it has more understandable motives yeah. in that one. Ah. Uh, mm, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and also too. I think the music for the card, like the remix of it, sounds like it might be a little bit too mature. Like there's nothing bad said in it, but sure. you know the way oh, they, they are kids. They are kids, and they're like have. I know they're probably seen and heard this kind of <laughs> stuff that they have, but it seems like I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. this That's really feels bad. like it doesn't feel like. I think I remember someone talking about this. I can't remember when it first came out. I read a review, and it did sound like it's very. You know, it doesn't sound like it is something a kid should have and really i don't know again they're kids they shouldn't be going into all that you know boyfriend girlfriend kind of kind of stuff i love the card so much and again there's not a consensus on teen dating so yeah it's it's funny yeah but and that's because it's a meme it's not the major part it's not a major part of the episode it's it's not a big Mm -hmm. deal but that's just one of the other nitpicks i had about it i will say that i do i do like the music in this Mm -hmm. it is a little bit understated, but at least it's not over dramatic like some of uh episodes of Odyssey have been, and I know Lee would probably agree with me on this. I do like I can't remember I think it's Tim Hosman or someone else that did the music for it. It is a very relaxing episode to listen to. I've listened to this episode 
multiple times, not because I necessarily like it, but it is a very relaxing episode to listen to, and it's one of those episodes that's good to listen to while you're falling asleep. And also, this has the first Jay and Barry interaction. Really? That sets up other, uh, the rival, the rivalry and all that kind of stuff later. That, that is a, and it's also Jay's first time by himself without Vance, so we get a little more of Jay by himself, and we get to get a little more character development with him. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I never knew that. I thought that they were in episodes before then. Okay. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Did you guys have any thoughts on that one? No. 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 I, uh, I've i kind of pushed back a little bit. Besides, but I think besides laughing hysterically. Besides laughing okay. hysterically at the card. So, no, I didn't, expect, I didn't expect you to go there with the card. But <laughs> I need to re-listen to that just because uh, of that. Yeah, that's about it. Again, for an older audience, yeah, it's... But for kids and kids doing that, it feels... I don't know. It feels a little off. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. If you feel that way. You but go. again, all, all our opinions. I highly respect your opinion. Okay. Number two, Arista. What is it? Oh, man. Here we go. Number two. Ah. Okay. You probably have a suspicion of what it is, Lee. But it's not the specific thing you're thinking about, but it's close to it. Okay. Anyways. I don't know. Is it, is it parodies and stories again? No, actually. These two oh, no. jump out of this oh, uh, that no. range. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so you. Okay. California Dreams. Okay. Disagree. I actually kind of agree with you. Hundred percent on this one. Wait, you kind of agree with me? I agree. I kind of agree with you, Arista. I disagree. Did you, just, yes. did you say you agree with it too? Me? Yeah, I, what? He wow. disagrees. I disagree. Okay, I do not. Okay. I, I was gonna say I love we California probably Dreams all agree on the same it's episode. I was yeah. Going no, back, no. I thought you said agree. Like yes, we finally <laughs> got an episode we'll agree on. There's a consensus. Nope. 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 Never. Never will happen. And not in a million years. Anyway, it's not gonna happen. Going into California Dreams, I just oh the entire plot of it is a Disney show or fan fiction or something good. like that. <laughs> um, and not to mention, I also absolutely hated the guy that Jules' mom That's was dating. The coyote. Was that right? That's the point. Ky- I know, but there's a level of hate. Uh, not hate. There's a oh, I just don't like him so much. He just it feels so insincere, and I feel bad for him. He's like a like a Philip Glossman kind of feeling. Yes. But, like, worse. It feels like a slimy character. Like, there's not a whole, a real big reason to feel that he's up to something or bad, but you just, the way it's de- the line's delivered and that kind of stuff, he's some, there's something's under, something underneath the surface that's not right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like the storyline has kind of been overused throughout the years for every single TV show on the face of the planet. And another thing that just drives me up the wall is... I don't know if I'm jealous of Jules or not, but anytime she does something successful and becomes wildly popular and gets to, you know, sing on stage with her favorite artists and everything, I'm like, this literally reads like a self-insert fan fiction. So basically, Matt, it just felt like a fan fiction at this point. It felt like an overused plot, and I'm just jealous because Jules got everything she wanted, and then, and then it turned out to be nothing. And now she's just going to go back to Odyssey like nothing ever happened. And I get that's how normal life works, but... Ah, my heart. Like, why do you do this to me, Odyssey? So, again, I'll ask the question. What did you like what about it? What did you it? like about it? Oh, what did I like about <laughs> it? That should be a meme. What do you like about it? What do you like about it? I don't know. Uh, let's see. What did I like about it? I liked the music. The music was actually kind of nice. Didn't they write an original song for this one? I believe that they did. Yeah. Yeah. I was annoyed. I was like, oh, she can write a song. I, I can make my own songs. I see how it is. She's not all that special. But um, besides that, it was a pretty cool song that they had written out and fully fleshed out. Okay. So I won't say a whole lot on this. It's not on my list here, but I know we are talking, we're dating ourselves here, but 
I have not recorded my review of California Dreams yet for this podcast. Yay. And depending <laughs> on the release for this, I may or may not have the review of that before or after this episode. So, Ooh. sorry, that may be too much information for you listeners, but I just want to say right now that I don't want to go into a whole lot on that right now because I want to leave most of that for my review, but I, I'm i not a fan of the episode. I don't really like it, and I'll just leave it as that. Leave it at that for now. Maybe I'll start full-on reviewing episodes with Hannah because we agree a lot on these episodes. It's it's really interesting. Oh, we, we disagree on a lot of political things and a lot of other things, but we, when we come together on Odyssey, we have extremely similar views. You, you can't just do reviews with someone that you agree with. That's not any fun. Well, okay, yes, it actually, is. it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, <laughs> but... I think yeah, this you is gotta fun. have some pushback. <laughs> it is fun. No, this is this is fun too. This is really fun. Especially <laughs> getting the top two. I, I had no idea this was gonna happen. This is really interesting. No kidding. Good segue there, Lee. Yep. Take it away. Well, my number two, I made a last minute swap. Swap my number two with my number one. This is because I realized for my number one, I don't have anything good to say about, and I'm sorry. Number two, I have a couple of good things to say about. And the good thing is the reason why I made the swap from two to one. My number two is episode 11, Addictions Can Be Habit-Forming. What? Okay, yep. I can, okay. I can agree with that. I wouldn't call it a num- uh, second uh, least favorite, but I can see it being not a good episode. Anyway, sorry, continue. Well, I, I think this might be the objective number one. Really? Uh, considering every Odyssey uh, critic at this point polling them i think this would get number one status because of um the way that addictions are portrayed and because of the way that harley is portrayed and because mm. of the uh, assumptions that again this is a lot based off of um david hilder's uh review on the uh what's it's the uh, AIO update AIO update site yeah i got uh, a lot of it from him but I, i'm seeing under, i'm understanding why he had that opinion the point that he was making is that the insincerity that Wit and um, uh, what's her what's her name, uh, the girl, <laughs> I forget. I can't remember. It's been all set for this episode. Who's the main character? Uh, uh. I wish I could help. I'm. I'm gonna, I haven't heard that. Arista, we had this on tape. He's totally stumped about an Odyssey for the character. First time ever. Second, wow, Joey, Joey Donovan. There we go. I'm not stumped. You tried. Ah, uh, so the way Joey and Wit go about dealing with Stephanie and the way that Stephanie is impersonally handled in the episode and treated like a project rather than a person, even up to the end when Wit is talking about it and then the happy ending that the episode gives it and the implications about Stephanie's family. Actually, Adventures into Odyssey with Wyatt Jackson did a review of this one that was actually pretty good. So go listen to that if you – I'm sorry, plug for somebody who's not even me. You can cut that out if you want, Austin. <laughs> Someone that's not even on that's the fine. podcast. All that to say, I I think they're, that this is probably Officer Harley's worst episode in, in terms of the way he's portrayed as a police Agree. officer. Pulling out, pulling out an actual gun and calling it a cucumber is not great. Really not great. Oh, uh, yeah. Not yeah, I think this is probably his worst episode in – the I, he's a he's a good character i think when used well in the return of harley and harley takes the case i think he's a great character yeah when he's used properly and not right to like as the main character unless he's changed they do change him in those last two two parters yes i think his his first scene in this one is the one where he's getting the book for joey right again it's been a long time so, so okay. i've heard it so i can't remember sorry well, Harley has exactly zero useful things to say in that scene. The scene is completely useless, wow. unfortunately. Um, 
It doesn't do anything That's to advance the plot. It doesn't do anything to advance Joey, but eh. Okay. That's that's kind of where I'm at with Harley. So what what nice things do you have to say? I think say? I said. Ooh. Oh, did I say I had anything nice? Oh yeah. Um. The, I okay. Well, um. It's kind of funny how weird it is that Harley says what what gun? This is a cucumber, and it's no. it's so <laughs> it's so out there that it's it's funny. Uh. I, so I think that the the slapstick Harley is a little bit funny. That's about as much as I can find for the episode, and, and also that Wit does actually mention well. You don't know what caused her addiction. You don't know it's because she's eating too much food, because she's addicted to food. There might be some other family problems. That is the right start to understanding where the addiction comes from. And then the episode doesn't really, I don't know, doesn't follow through on that in the best way, I think. Uh, but hmm. the fact that the episode is a little bit aware of where it's going with the moral, I think, I think is good. That's interesting. Anyway, Austin's number two. Yeah, here we go. So, this is actually one that one of you mentioned earlier. Oh, okay. Really? <gasps> Wait, really? Okay, continue. Okay, my number two on my list is Bethany's Flood. Yay! Yay! Okay, that wasn't a surprise, huh? <laughs> no, not a surprise at all. Not, a <laughs> not at all. in the least. I think Lee and I have talked about this before. I'm not sure I'm not sure how uh, you predicted it, uh... Arista, but good job. Because a lot of people don't like this episode. <laughs> they had a suspicion. Still, good job. Um, yeah, it is not as, you know, it is like kind of like a, a sequel to uh, The Seven Deadly Dwarves, and it doesn't live up to its potential. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say potential. It mimics The Seven Deadly Dwarves, but it does it poorly. It could have been done differently. Again, it's too off the wall. It's not even really funny. Like, as a kid, it was just kind of weird. I don't think I ever really laughed much at it or really giggled or anything like, like that. wow, that's so out there. That's wacky. But that that's, oh, when you think about it, oh, that's actually not funny. I know. It's just weird. It's like it's like modern art kind of weird. It's not yes, funny. Yes, agreed. Yes. It is. It's, it's too off the wall. And also, it's, it's really sad that this is the most of an episode that we, well, actually, no. By Faith Noah... Is a little bit better, even though it is comedic. And also, uh, Silver Lining is really good. Yeah. But it, it is kind of sad that most of the time that n- the story of Noah is focused on, it's all comedic. And this is like the worst version of it. Mm-hmm. I do like My Faith Noah pretty well. I love... Well, it's not Silver Linings. I think it's Black Clouds that you're talking about. Sorry! Haha. <laughs> <laughs> See, he slipped up there again, Arista. <laughs> He's been bested, finally. <laughs> it is late. It is late when we're recording this. Late. It is very much so. That's true. And I'm an hour ahead of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, like you mentioned, Lee, it changed the Bible story way too much. I can understand them making yep. it a little bit comedic, like they do with By Faith Noah, or like in a BTV episode, but it's so, so different. It doesn't, it, I mean, I can see it being parody, but even the story itself wasn't parodied well. But I will say I do like the music selection for it. And the sound design's okay. Can I plug myself again? You always do. <laughs> to hear a better version of Bethany's Flood, go search <laughs> Bethany's Mysterious Flood on AIO Audio News. Oh, uh, no, no, no. oh yeah. <laughs> don't do that. I remember that. I just don't understand. <laughs> don't save your eardrums. Which I will say, probably one of the best aspects of the story of Noah is played, actually in an episode I listened to it last night, I think, is when one door closes, part two. Oh wow, that yeah, really that... impactful and very seriously. 
it's very seriously dealt mm. with on the aspect of the story that I don't think any of those episodes did. Uh-huh. And maybe it's also a reason because the story, it is a little bit difficult to make. Like, if they made a story completely about the story of Noah, it would be a little bit difficult to make, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I don't know. I read a book, I don't know if you guys have read the book series, but it's called Imagine. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think not. so. It's a book series for kids based on Bible stories. Okay. Oh, cool. And the first one is called, is, uh, Imagine the Great Flood. But it has so little to do with the actual story, and I found the other some of the uh, other books to be like that too. It's very, it's like a side story to the main okay. story. But the main reason you're reading the story, so kind of like the Veggie Tales Noah's Ark. I wouldn't know about that. Ah, okay. But again, the story is a little bit. It is a hard story. Like it, some people either portray the story, you know, very in very broad terms. Like don't get into the real details, like why a mm-hmm. flood happened. Like especially in secular media. Um, Noah's Flood and the Noah's Ark, you know, it's all this cutesy little ark and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, in some... Belittling it. Yeah. Not necessarily belittling it, but, you know, making it less of an impact if it actually does. And even some Christian media does it. And I, I wish... I know Odyssey, I know the people at Odyssey could do this. Just have a whole episode completely dedicated to the story. Like, kind of before, during, and after. That's not comedic. That's has a seriousness of when Wonder Earth closes. The way that the couple scenes with that is used. Whether it's Imagination Station, but I think it might be, work better as a kid's radio That'd story. That'd be cool, yeah. See that happening. Okay, so I've talked enough about that. So, here we go, guys. <laughs> okay, number one. Okay, what is it? this is going to be crazy. Arista, what do you got? Here we go. Lee, you're gonna laugh at me. Four song. You <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. That episode gets a 5 out of 5. I would rate that oh, 5 out of 5 really? perfect in the rubric. It's an awesome episode. I love the characters. What is your problem with that? Whatever. I think you broke his brain there, Arista. <laughs> no. I think I've broken him for many years. Yeah, poor guy. Um, yeah, remember how last time when I said my number two, California Dreams, that, oh, hey, my number one might tie into this one. Cough, cough. I kind of wondered. Mm-hmm. Uh. I, that was in the back of my mind a little bit, yeah. kind of. It's, it's kind of, it's not a surprise to anyone. But <laughs> for a song... I believe at this point it's fully because I'm just jealous of Jules. I can't think of a serious reason why I don't like this episode. And that's fine. It's fun. It's fun to, to hear me react to your number one. <laughs> uh. This is amazing. Um, but one thing that really got to me is the toxicity of the entire episode. It's just how they're just going back and forth. About it. And I actually preached kind of against it. How, uh, what was it? When you brought up fences, I was like, oh, I like how we get to see Connie's, you know, less good side because oh she's human and that shows us that you know humans are human we can't really predict how they're going to react and now in this episode i'm literally going to be preaching against i've been saying like oh jules shouldn't have acted that way oh she was so antagonistic all that stuff but i don't know i didn't quite like the way that she acted she seemed just much darker than a normal character she seemed out of character for this Uh, jules seemed dark really a little bit, yeah, ah. a little bit. I don't know, maybe it was just the choices that she had to make, but it just seemed like she had her priorities in the wrong place, which I guess was part of the episode, but it just, I don't know. Well, she isn't a Christian. That's fair, that's very fair. And that's why I'm saying there's many reasons that I could bring out of this, but the only solid reason that has any backing is just that I'm jealous. So these I'm kind of just spitballing. But one is just them being toxic towards each other and just the overall high school feel of the episode you could say and the second thing was just the way that jules behaved and then the third thing was just because i'm jealous (laughs) that their videos got popular did you like the song though or the songs in it no i don't think i did i don't think i did because i sat there i'm like 
I believe she needs a more original tune. That's what I was sitting there thinking. I'm like, oh, you could add that with, you know, synthesized piano in there. Oh, you could use a program for that. You could, you know, change this up a little bit, switch into a different key. My brain was just going through 5,000 different ways that you can make that song better. And all I could feel during that episode was just like, we could write this so much better. You could write so many better lyrics of this. And I'm dissing everyone in Odyssey. I feel so bad about that. But I feel like it could have been done better. And I want to, like... I wish that I could try my hand at it. Add potential. Mm-hmm. Add potential. And it failed. You know you know what's really interesting here? For some reason, Ben Warren from Odyssey and Abroad has pretty much the same perspective you did. Like, I don't like it because technology. And I don't like it because song. And I'm, th- I'm sitting over here thinking, r slash whoosh, you missed the point of the episode. I mean, maybe not him. I mean, I'll be a little more gentle. Maybe I'll talk to him in person sometime about it. But eventually, um, I think it does come down to there was something about this episode that annoyed a lot of people mm-hmm. and uh, I loved annoying. it because of that reason. And I don't understand why. <laughs> kind of like me with Bethany's flood. It just, Bethany's flood just annoyed everyone, but I was kind of like, I like the annoyingness of it. Yeah, kind of. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I guess it would be that same reason. So um, was there anything you liked about the episode though? Seeing as I had to turn it off halfway through and come back to it two weeks later. Um... Buck exists. Buck, yes, <laughs> Buck exists. That was another thing I was going to bring up. Buck got treated so horribly, and I'm like, oh, baby child, give me a <laughs> hug. Oh, I feel so bad for him. But his accent is forever going to annoy me. Anyways, that's, that's about all I got to say on it. I, I won't say much about it either, because, again, the reasons for California Dreams, I want to save those thoughts. Yeah, right, right. Okay, Lee, your turn. Here we go. Oh, boy. So. I'm scared. The number one least favorite episode that I don't think i have anything positive to say about i've alluded to, to this oh boy before austin you're probably guessing what it is now episode 183 tales of moderation oh, oh i forgot about this that's not the... okay this makes sense and i know oh. this is going to hit you really hard i brought it up briefly in a conversation we had a while ago and you said okay 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 you better, you better not tell me about this oh, one man. i want to hear from you first why do you like this episode <laughs> one I like the stories in it. It's it's kind of like it, it it does kind of mimic a little bit of the tangled web. I almost said there's a triangled web there, and I'm so happy I didn't. <laughs> um, I like you know like the three stories kind of thing, and I think I like the farmer sketch. I like kind of like the home appliance thing. I there's nothing I really dislike about it. I think it it shows the moral of it, you know, in a little bit of different light in each one. And I think the sketches or like the stories stand out on their own. There wasn't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I should stop talking. And let you tell me why you don't yeah. like it. Okay. Because I really do not understand. All right. Here is the reason. Every element of the episode falls apart under inspection. Number one, the moral of the episode is moderation, living in moderation. We know this because Wit's backstory dictates it. He's a rich man. He has a company. He has all the reasons to be living wealthy, and yet he's not. That is the basis. That w- that's what Connie starts out the episode with. But we don't get any of that explanation. We get three explanations, the first of which is um, – what what is it? Uh, it's live – I forget what the, the different morals are, but the first one is uh, like don't uh, – you have to save up in certain in like in times of plenty so that you'll have it in, in the bad times. So right? that's the farmer one, right? Right. That doesn't mean you can't live well if you have enough money to both live well in the good times and the bad. I think you can. I think this is an ethics problem for me. Mm. I would th- I would think it would be ethically all right to live well as long as you have enough to sustain yourself. Number two, with the uh, appliances, 
um that would be the that that's pretty much idolatry i think the way the man was treating his appliances and that is assuming that if you have that many possessions you will treat them as idols but there is an option not to do that we as christians have a mandate to not do that so if we have possessions that doesn't guarantee that we will be treating them as idols and the episode made it that the moral of the second story kind of made it a guarantee also the second story was more what he was doing with his appliances and the fallout from the fact that he had made them an idol. Not the build-up to, oh, he has now made them an idol, now they're controlling him. The second story would have been better if he if it showed him going through and amassing his appliances and then coming to the point of where I am self-sufficient at the end of the story and then all of a sudden, hey, we control you now, the appliances. That would have been a good place to end. But the way it ends with him being suffocated in his car in the garage it was also very dark and very <laughs> unwarranted i think and i thought and the final sketch um did not i think portray the the part of scripture well in terms of it didn't feel like the bible stories that odyssey usually tells it, it sounded like when they it's it sounded like the conversation between the rich young ruler and jesus was rather um I don't know, too true to scripture, I think. It made it seem like, okay, here's a backstory of this character. Now let's read the what it says in the Bible. Instead of, here's a backstory of this character. Now we're viewing the story through this character's eyes. And then we saw uh, his reaction after he went away sad. I disagree with that interpretation. I don't think he went away doubting Jesus. I think he went away, got rid of his things, and then followed Jesus. I want to believe that. I believe that was an option. But the way it was presented in the episode is that he walked away angry or disgruntled rather than sad and also connie has a random line where jesus brings up uh why do you call me good no one's good except god and connie says what was this man claiming to be god and i thought that doesn't have anything to do with the plot right now what are you talking about um and the whole wraparound of the story being something written by wit i thought wit can write better than this i don't think the episode is written as well as some of his previous stories are and the wraparound to that being connie praying i think is also insincere and maybe a slightly inappropriate to have a story in the middle of a prayer and be watching connie pray this whole thing out i think is unrealistic unfortunately i don't have anything good to say about it because i think it fails on all levels unfortunately phil lawler is great i think phil wrote this one he's great at newer episodes he's He's a wonderful writer, co-creator of the show. I have such high respect for him. I don't have to like everything he does. This this is the one episode that I believe is my least favorite of all of the Odyssey. Also, Dad, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm I'm trying not to be too negative, so sorry. <laughs> At some point, I know my dad's probably going to listen. Anyway, that's those are my thoughts, Austin. How long did you think through that? I came up with most of that on the spot, but I was also remembering our reviews from previously. That is fair. Oh my. Two points. I'm wondering why do you th- why do you believe that the young ruler actually did follow Jesus? Because yeah, me too. But by what Scripture says, it doesn't seem like that. It's a sincere possibility. I mean, it's it may be a possibility he does later, but right. So about what we have just there, it sounds like this is sad. I I'm wanting something more, but I can't get rid of I can't get rid of this stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that's probably why he goes goes away sad. Yeah, but he doesn't go away. He doesn't go away sad in the episode. He goes away disgruntled. He's not sad. I am the scripture, I'm meaning. In the scripture, I understand that. And I think the episode is portraying it as this is the only interpretation. Okay. This is the main interpretation. So you think the episode didn't portray the the scripture very well? I don't think so, no. Okay. So do you think that they shouldn't have portrayed what happened afterwards to the man? You think they should have just left it? I think they should have portrayed what happened afterwards, but not made him annoyed at Jesus. Rather, make him actually sad. But we have no idea how he reacted. 
We do. It says he went away sad. Yes. The scripture says he went away sad. I mean, after the sadness. You don't know if it was disgruntled or what kind of sad. Yeah, but he he specifically was not sad in the story in Odyssey. Mm -hmm. In Odyssey. Okay, so it's just because he wasn't sad that annoys you? Partly, yeah. Uh, And different parts of that story itself, I think, are rather uninteresting. It's just building up, okay, exposition dump. Boom. Everything about this guy. All right, now let's go into that. So different reasons for the final sketch. But yeah. Okay. Also, I do want to say there is a good thing that you could bring out of this if you actually listen to more Jungle Jam. (laughs) There actually is an episode of Jungle Jam that kind of takes... Yes, that parodies this! Right. Or that is the same thing. Well, I think that's written by Phil Lawler, too. Yeah. Yeah, But I think it is done better in this episode. In the episode of Jungle Jam, it's way too rushed. It doesn't feel as... I know. It's a very implausible plot, but it it feels more realistic and more, more true to a story in this than in the Jungle Jam episode. I'll say it's done better in this version than the other version. Okay, so this is my least favorite episode. Oh no. I mean, I don't know. I might, again, I might change some opinions on this, but this is one that I think has stayed, my opinions have have not changed at all, really. Which one? So, it is... I hear... Push the red button. No. What? No, I understand why. I also say, no. <laughs> so. Go ahead. Push go the ahead. Red button, Explain the red it. Red in call button. This episode was an episode I heard after hearing the live show version. Oh. The script for the live show, the story, the story in both is basically the same. So the live show, it embraces the function that it's supposed to have. It's supposed to act like a live show. Characters are a little bit, it's a little bit exaggerated. It's, you know, you know, catering to the audience, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall and that kind of stuff. It works for that. For an actual episode of Odyssey without, you know, the audience laughter and the interactions and the extra stuff in it, it does not work. Also, kids radio is not an invention. How in the world does it merge with Imagination Station and other stuff and the people in it it's not real. It's not realistic. And before you say because, it's a dream, <laughs> yes. Before you say that, oh, but the no. thing is, but the thing is, usually, and these types of things in a dream, usually things get progressively a little more weird. But this starts weird pretty fast, and it doesn't make sense from the very beginning. It's not like further from the truth. Like, okay, something is off here. This is something that it feels like. Eh, it just does not feel like it's. That. It doesn't feel like much like a dream, and it doesn't feel like it's... Kind of like it happened at Four Corners is a great example of of doing a dream and mixing it with the story right. Like, you get the yeah. end of that episode, and you know it was all a dream. Well, it but wasn't it, a dream. It was it, more like... Well, a story. It a yeah, story. it was a story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it would be like that. That's a good example of it. Like, you don't get it. Like, if you're not... Like, okay, you might think, okay, Odyssey wouldn't have this happen. Like, there would be at some point you might think, okay, this has to be something, there's something odd here. That is a much better way of, okay, these little things, and it kind of builds and builds. With this, it kind of like, okay, boom, weird thing, another weird thing, and like, you know, tearing down what's in. Like, you really think all this is going to be tearing down in the entire world? Like, okay, by this point, people, if they haven't, if they're paying attention, like, okay, there's something going on here. But the thing is, even... When you know that, it's not an enjoyable episode. And also, we have had a program that connects a program that connects everything in Wit's End. It's called Applesauce, or not Applesauce, it's called Nabel. 
<laughs> applesauce. Well, kind of. It kind of. It kind of. It's. I don't. Know, it's late. It's totally fine, dude. <laughs> uh, but it it kind of like okay, like Eugene's like you know, hmm, a program to do all this. You guys already have everything connected to what's in through the master control room and the computer room. What's so? It's not a whole lot different from it. But I will say. It does have some really great sound design. I don't think it deserves the Avery Award they got for best episode of the season. It's one episode that I skip over quite a bit. And I only re-listened to it fairly recently. I'm trying to listen to most of the albums in order. Um, including the club episodes. So, but so I just don't enjoy it. And my opinion might change, might be a little bit different if I hadn't heard the live version first. But I feel that I would still think that the live version will be a better version of this and that it still doesn't really belong as being a good episode so i'm probably not going to be too objective about this but this was the first episode after album 51 that i heard uh, in 2012 when i was getting new odyssey episodes and just realizing that they were out i had album 51 for a little while and i thought okay this is an album i don't really understand exactly what's going on here because i'm younger and i don't really know new odyssey as much but i got the new official guide and i was looking at the air dates and i thought oh wait push the red button aired today and i just got out that album in the mail today so i listened to push the red button and i thought okay i know this is a live show because it was mentioned in the in the official guide and i thought yeah that was really fun. I like that one. This is younger me, again, analyzing Odyssey. You've been and doing this since you were tiny. A lot of the objections you've raised, uh, interestingly, a lot of the objections you raised are also valid against the live show as well. So I'm guessing you're you're thinking because this was an, an actual episode of the show, these plot objections are more sound than they would be toward the live show. It's permissible. I think it's permissible in the, li- in the live show for some of these things. And then also the live show, it is longer. I would prefer... This, the live, I know it's a longer episode and they had to cut stuff down. They would have to cut stuff down even if they made the live show the actual episode instead. Kind of like Mandy's right. debut. Right. Um, But if it was done in that way or portrayed a little bit differently, like not a dream, I think it would work better. Because Mandy's debut, when you listen to it, it is pretty outrageous in some, in some mm-hmm. of it. But the thing is, that's what you get in the live show. It's a little bit, it kind of pokes fun at the characters a little bit. Yeah. You break the fourth wall, that kind of stuff. Okay. But still, on its own, the episode itself does not work well. So you brought up this is a dream. That's the uh, the excuse for it. Well, it's not getting more ridiculous as it goes along. Remember, this is also Wooten telling a story, too. So Wooten could have toned down his dream uh, a bit from how zany it was in the beginning. And we don't even know if this, is the, if this was Wooten's dream. This is still Wooten telling a story. Um, second, you said there's already been a program that's done that. Wit says that at the beginning of the episode. We've already tried that. We decided it wasn't a good idea. And Eugene says, ah, but I'm smarter now. And I have fixed it because there aren't any bugs. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Was, when did they say in, in the past that that was a bad idea? Because it's still connected to this day. What do you mean it's still connected like, to this Like, what are they referring to? Like, a master program for everything. They already did... I don't think they ever mentioned that back in, like, album five or whatever, that they disconnected everything. Like, the well, reason that Wit talked about, like, Eugene, the way he did automated things, basically. That was Connie. Um, like, in his Connie first introduction. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, he made—that's the reason he had against it. But with uh, Mabel, entire computer, that there, it makes sense. I don't remember—I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember them ever saying it was a bad idea and they disconnected everything where you couldn't control from the control room anymore. I think they're they're referring to Connie when Eugene had everything micromanaged, or maybe it was the—I don't know. Uh, that that is a hmm, that is an interesting interesting point. Um, but oh, now you're making me rethink that. 
Oh, oh Lord. Okay. Congratulations, Austin. You've done it. Nah, nah. I still hold by. I, th- I still think it's continuous. Anyway, um, that's kind of the uh, the idea that I had, and I didn't really. Again, I was a lot younger listening to it the first time. I did honestly like it, and I still like it today. Uh, and I've also heard the live version. I know the live version is great, but uh, I understand there are a lot of people who don't like this episode. And uh, interesting pick for number one. I'll say that. What do you think of it, Rissa? I don't think you've said much about it. Has she heard it? I have, actually, but it was very, very long time ago. So the only memories I have are very small. That's the only reason I haven't really interacted with it much. I think both sides, it makes sense for both sides hearing it, especially with live shows, because they're hard to interpret anyways. But And with live, when it's live, everything has a bit more of grace, because every, you know, you can't change things like you can on an actual recording. But when it is being recorded and, like, hyper-analyzed and hyper-worked on, you would expect better quality and better, I don't know, a sounder plot, I guess, uh, recorded. I think it is when you polish it down, it loses its appeal. Mm-hmm. Like, he originally wrote the he originally wrote the live... I think Paul McCusker wrote the script for the live show, then he made a, a studio version of it. I think that's probably... Because it was made for a live show, it was not made for an okay. episode of Odyssey. That may be one of the reasons why... It just doesn't fit in that. It's a, it's a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Then yeah, that makes sense. You you can't recapture the magic of live stuff. Not especially not in the a hand of recording. hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hand of hope. Yeah, no bias there. <laughs> Nightmare flashbacks. Nightmare flashbacks. So those are our top ten. Oh wow! Well, that was. That was a lot of fun doing all that. Definitely, wow. definitely. So, what are ones that didn't make the list or are pretty or or are pretty close? Your honorable honorable mentions or maybe dishonorable mentions. Arista, you first. You might actually have to come back to me because it, I struggled to be able to get <laughs> ten episodes. Okay. I I really like to see the best in episodes, and I really hate you know listing them on a oh I don't like this list. I like. To just find little bits that are good about every single episode, so it was really hard to even find ten. Of yeah, them. yeah, that's so. yeah. I mean, that's that's what I try 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 to do with this thing. Like, I, this may be a fairly negative episode to listen to, but I want to make sure we had some positive stuff about this. Like, again, yeah. this isn't a this isn't a total blanket statement saying that you know these hor- episodes are horrible. I think even the worst episodes do have some redeeming value of it, and also because it's not just a secular show there are some good meanings and truths that you can get out of it absolutely yeah and that's what i like to see like i feel like even if you can find one small thing that redeems the entire episode so you guys can probably go <laughs> through your honorable okay. mentions just give me some time i gotta think up some okay all right lee you go ahead then well when i made this list i listed as many episodes as i could and then chopped off the top 10 uh here were the next 10 <laughs> oh, that boy. i had starting with number 20 and going up to number 11 11 being uh my least favorite of these um sunset bowl of water Hide and Seek, mm. Bethany's Imaginary Friend, Teacher's Pest, A Thanksgiving Carol, The Grass is Always Greener, Out of the Picture, Rumpelstiltskin, Honor Thy Parents, and Not What I Expected. Ooh. Not What I Expected? Really? I think you're wrong. <laughs> you think I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, go, go ahead. I was just surprised that Not What I Expected ended up on the list. Oh, yeah. Continue. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know this. <laughs> I know, but yeah, but I have to remind myself, you know? <laughs> I do think you're wrong about Rumpelstiltskin and ah, uh, maybe hide and maybe. seek. Just didn't sit well with me. Did no, no hide and uh, mm, ah. okay. Maybe maybe I'll con- <laughs> concede those two possibly, but I don't know. <laughs> what was the Thanksgiving one that you listed again? 
that was basically Bernard is Ebenezer's stooge instead of Scrooge and Harley is Jacob Marley and yeah. Wit is uh the the singular ghost of Christmas. It's a thanks well, it's a Thanksgiving uh thing? version of a Christmas carol. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I just can't remember the name of the episode. It's called a Thanksgiving carol. Okay, so it actually is that. Thank yeah. you cuz that All was right. very close on my list. I can I think I can kind of agree with most most of those in your list. Um I'm not sure quite what, what order. A Thanksgiving carol. Yeah, I think I think what they take their Thanksgiving take on it isn't all that original, but I think the version they do with Thanksgiving story is better. Uh-huh. Okay, so what are your runners up? Okay, so I don't have these in necessarily a specific order. I have this little all over the place, but some of these are, which I, w- I will say, make a correction here. The Devil Made Me Do It was one that I had on my oh. on my temporary list. It didn't make the top ten. I, I did think about that episode when making this list. Okay. So yeah, The Devil Made Me Do It was on it. The Telltale Cat, Idle Minds, uh. Count It <laughs> oh, All Joy, Back to School, The no. Day After Christmas, <gasps> Finish no. What You, Opposite Day, <laughs> no. The Grievel Danny, no! Victor of the Big Top, All By Myself, no! Mason County, The Sandwich Initiative, Lift no! It Out Context, no! Playing Favorites Stop and Millstones. <laughs> no, 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 I love no. That ah. So many of those episodes I really amazing. like. Why? Come on. Oh, that was so perfect. Sorry, that's more than ten. <laughs> But that's what I have on my list. I didn't have them in any order, so I just decided to I decided to go through them all. <laughs> you that was amazing. <laughs> I do have a question. Um, uh, I should have asked this earlier, Rista, but for California Dreams and Four Song, how many times did you listen to those episodes? Maybe twice, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't. I didn't stand them very much. Yeah. Okay, because I wanted to bring bring something out here. I've mentioned this in past episodes of the podcast, but a lot of time people that listen to episodes for the only once, if you stick with that first opinion on that, I think it it is taken away a little bit from the episode itself because the more you listen to it, you'll find stuff that you like or find things that you have more reason why you dislike it. Oh, absolutely. Actually, all of these episodes on my list, I've heard at least twice, maybe more. Um, but actually the only one I haven't listened to more than once is lifted out of context. When I get to my listening order on that one, I will listen to that again. So I will say I've only heard that once, so I can't form a very good opinion on it. But that's just one that was just coming out of my mind when I was, uh, putting things down here. Interestingly, that was exactly the case with me with not what I, I'm sorry, not that one. Uh, much ado about jealousy. When I first heard it, I didn't like it at first. And now it's one of my favorite episodes in era nine. And I think that's really impressive that the episode uh, escalated that high in my opinion of it because I listened to it so many times. Re-listen value for that episode I think is really high. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. But I'm just biased. <laughs> I just don't want to go and listen to those episodes again. Right. I know I need to. I know I will but and another thing is time constraints. I'm doing good to get through the Odyssey episodes right now but hopefully once I finally get through all the albums and get a solid basis then I can go back and start re-listening to stuff. Yeah. But until then, every episode's getting one listen, and that's about it at this point. <laughs> until I can get through stuff. Alright, that's fair. Yeah. Alright, well, that was really a lot of fun. I, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Again, not, not, I expected some uh, consternation, I guess, but <laughs> this has been you got some. not what I expected. I mean, we got controversy, we got consternation, we have amusement, we have me laughing, and other other things like that. And we probably offended everybody listening that likes these episodes yeah. and people that mm-hmm. made these episodes. Uh, I don't want to think but about that. But again, people, this oh, is... we've gotten offensive. I, I, 
But again, this is this is something more for fun, guys. This is not our bad mouthing or trashing Odyssey. Right. These are episodes. Again, there's over 900 episodes. Not all of them are going to be good. And there's something good you can find in all of these episodes if you look look hard. It's not even if you don't look really hard. But these episodes, I think, are good examples of good entertainment and mm-hmm. mostly good writing. I mean, yeah. even if, like, you know, like the writing, the sound design, the acting, you can always, some episodes, you know, when all three of those to, together combine great, those are really great episodes. But some episodes are like, only one or two of those things are good. But, again, we're not trying to offend anybody. We're not trying to make people feel uncomfortable. This is just our personal opinions, and, you know, sharing with others and the reactions is always fun. Absolutely. So I hope you guys all had a fun time listening to us ramble for almost three hours. Three well, hours, yeah. It's over two hours right now. It may be shorter once Thank we edit it. Thank you in advance for editing this off. <laughs> oh, yeah. So sorry, all the editors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be in that corner corner booth uh, sweating nervously, or however that line goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have fun with that one man but <laughs> thanks well i do want to say thank you arista it has been a lot of fun having you on here i know i've had lee on here multiple times it's great to get you on here for the first time and it's been a lot it's been a lot of fun thanks for joining me it's been really great thank you for letting me come on here it was it was really fun to get to talk to y'all and thank you lee it's always a pleasure to record with you happy to be here thanks austin and wait that's a that's a wrap pretty much there we go Happy New Year, everybody. I know I recorded the conversation with Lee and Arista quite a while back, and it's just now being released in 2021. I've never had that much fun talking about my least favorite anything before, but that discussion was awesome. And I would love to hear what your least favorite Odyssey episodes are, and what you thought of my list and Lee's and Arista's as well. You can let me know by emailing me at odysseygeek at gmail.com. You can also contact me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me in those places at odysseygeek. That's O-D-Y-S-E-Y-G-E-E-K. And I would appreciate it if you subscribe to this podcast. That helps out a lot, and it helps you find out when new episodes come out. And as always, don't forget to share this episode and the podcast with someone that you know who is an Odyssey geek as well. Again, Happy New Year, and I'll see you again in the next episode.